0: Connecting to the Real Nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that too, Nerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Giles.
0: I'm Emily. And I'm Michelle. And we're the Beyond the Trope Podcast. Every week, we delve into topics
2: like pop culture, fiction writing, and other nerdy things. We feature laid back conversations, bad puns, and in depth interviews with authors, comic creators, and more. Find our show at BeyondTheTrope.com.
0: Do you remember where you were when we elected a Sasquatch president? How about when you learned Ben Franklin was a robot? Or first heard Stalin's mixtape? I'm Zach Powers. I'm Brian Flynn, and we host The Revisionists. Each episode, one person explains real history, and another tells an alternate version. And the winner becomes the truth. We let comics from Denver and around the country run wild through history. It's an in-depth look at history, but with more Babadooks. Check out The Revisionists, available every other Saturday. Wherever you get podcasts and at revisionistpodcast.com.
3: Hey, this is Andre Gower from The Monster Squad, and you're listening to The Real Nerds Podcast.
0: Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is... Brad. And... James, <laughs> Zach. <laughs> oh, that was so you no pleasant. No
1: longer know your own name. <laughs> it was so surprising. Who am I? <laughs> uh,
0: for those listening at home, they couldn't see, but I was pointing, and it looked like I was going to point at Zach, but then I did a loop to loop and
1: pointed at James. These are the jokes, kids. It, it's it's it, they're all visual. No one <gasps> can see it. Hold on <laughs> to your butts. Yeah, it's going to be
0: a funny week. The, the the best way to do a podcast is visually. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Every week on Real Nerds podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we went and saw
1: MOTHER! Ow! That was my ears! <laughs> or as it said in Looney Tunes Land, MOTHER! <laughs> oh.
0: Lowercase, but with an exclamation point, so it's MOTHER! <laughs> no, that's a question mark. Wilma? Mother, mother! MOTHER! I
3: don't know how could you. Oh, oh, oh! Wow, well, no, I don't know. Is this it's, movie. It's MOTHER! It's just, it's just It's MOTHER yelled, but disrespectfully. MOTHER! that's it (laughs) (laughs) is it as divisive in
0: the real nerds as it is in the general that's right that's right we're gonna fight do you know the last movie that got an f on cinema score besides mother is
3: uh noah
0: no killing them softly yeah killing oh we saw that movie we did it was garbage yeah it wasn't it it wasn't great stay tuned to the end of the show where we will tell you if you'd see mother and or not and then we'll spoil it because this movie will have spoilers Oh uh, yeah, kind of the whole movie. I don't day. know how yeah. to
3: review the movie without spoiling it. Yeah.
0: I- I'm interested <laughs> to see everybody's take on it. I- <laughs> Me it's-, too. it's very uh it's a very interesting film. It is. Um, yeah, before we got we came on, I gave out a lot of my duplicate Blu-rays because Scream Factory is having You're the best. uh some come out. Uh, except American Buffalo, which I finally brought for James. Yeah. Um I'm so excited. Look, <laughs> see see these two guys sitting on this couch? That's the whole movie! I know, it's also the box art, like the worst box art ever.
3: Oh, it's terrible, yeah. They also sit on this bench in front of the store.
0: But I guess it's, you know, trying to tell us what's going on. Uh, so, uh, Best Buy released these amazing Alex Ross recreations of scenes from Universal's classic monster films, and so I I give those ones away. I was at Best Buy, and I bought my uh, Samsung 4K TV there about a month ago, and so I Got the gift certificates in my queue. So I had $40 in gift certificates. And so I'm sitting there looking at them. And I took a picture and as I tweeted it out. I'm like, those are so nice. I'm like, but I don't really need them. But then as I was looking at them in person, I'm like, they're so cool. And when I was there, there's only like two copies of each one left. I was like, man eh, fuck it. Who cares? So I bought them all. And, um, and when I opened them, and the reason I was able to part those, even though much I love the original artwork on them, mm-hmm. is the, it's the exact same disc. Like, they literally oh, just took yeah. that disc out and put it back in. Aw. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm
1: not missing anything. Uh, so you're paying money for tin. Yeah. Hell yeah. And beautiful art. Yeah, yeah that's true. Hey, that's true. Hey, hey, there's hey. steel.
3: And Alex
2: Ross steel. liked
1: my tweet. oh. <laughs> Nice. So, so Is the best nine hundred dollars you ever spent?
2: <laughs> Am I wrong in being bothered by the fact that I've spent six thousand dollars at Best Buy this year, and I've gotten like eighty dollars? And
3: Why do you have so
4: little?
2: It's only. Things. It's every two fifty. I know.
3: It? Yeah. When? It's why do you low. spend money at Best Buy? <laughs> you know how much Amazon dollars I have. I get five percent every time.
2: I bought a new camera and a new.
3: Oh, Ronin and uh, oh man, you bought all of that at Best Buy and, and then my still... parents' new
2: TV and then their sound bar. I'm just like,
3: and you still only got eighty bucks? Yeah,
2: or like yeah, maybe a hundred. Yeah, it yeah, seems I'd really low compared to you know, is, if you got like a dollar low. per
0: yeah. Are you an elite member? Now Ow! I am. <laughs> <laughs> God, damn it!
3: <clears throat> Did you just bite him? No, you pinched me. Oh,
0: not on purpose. Okay,
3: don't bite your dad.
0: <laughs> um,
3: yeah, that's not an. I would be pissed. I'm pissed. At, I'm just pissed at Best Buy anyway. I'm gonna be pissed at Best Buy no, for Best
0: Buy sucks. Um,
3: <laughs> if they didn't
0: get like exclusive stuff, I probably would never go there.
3: Yeah, I'm really glad um, I don't like love the Steelbook so much because if I did, I'd be pissed.
0: Oh, know, buddy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the, it's just there's those ones are so unique, and the movies. I mean, I don't really mind spending extra money on movies that I love. Uh, movies that I hate, I wouldn't.
3: <laughs> that noise you hear in the background is is. Uh, zach and i the benefactors of all of the blu-rays you've gotten rid of opening them up and and properly taking out the junk inserts and the little like that i never barcode scanner thingies yeah
1: and contrary to my normal um uh mode i uh actually got the least of the classic ones but i did score on some various horror titles <laughs> drag me to hell reanimator the strangers silent night deadly night which includes a bonus feature called Santa's stocking of outrage. So you know, I'll be watching that. <laughs> Have that you ever seen like,
0: Silent Night Deadly Night?
1: It's been a while. It's pretty trashy. Yeah, that's why I remember. <laughs> it's fun. But hey, I, I mean, I I've come to the conclusion that my Blu-ray collection at this point is like whatever I whatever I get at this point because Yeah. Income doesn't always dictate I get one a week.
3: <laughs> well, the uh it's funny cuz I went through a phase where I was like Buying the best stuff I could because I had bought so much like so many Blu-rays for a dollar at at uh, Mart back in the day uh-huh. that I genuinely felt like my Blu-ray collection was no longer representative of what I liked. It was just what I could get us on sale. Yeah, and so all of, that's when I started going through that thing where I was like, just buying like. Any movie that I had never seen before that I knew was great, like *Color Purple* or something like that, I was like, I don't care. I'm just gonna buy it on Amazon. I need to bring the 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 overall quality score of my Blu-ray collection up as quickly as possible. I'm
1: pretty varied. I mean, I, but I'm I've yeah. been lucky that the arc that I work at gets pretty good titles in, like yeah. coming through the donation area. So that's just yeah.
0: when people jump off like. Mm, I don't
3: need this Blu-ray anymore. And I'm
1: like, you wanted to get rid of Tron and Tron Legacy 2-pack?
3: I don't (laughs) rent films. I just buy them and throw them in the garbage. Or
0: I I stream them, because streaming's never going to go anywhere.
1: Like your impression, you know. You of say rich that people in Highlands Ranch <laughs> <There's> genuinely. Come <laughs> on, I live there. <laughs> thank some, you, Brad. So, so Highlands Ranch sounds like the East Coast, like Upper Crusty. Oh, like pretty much. I mean, yeah. it's populated
2: by people who move from there. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I came here to be a yeah. cowboy, oh.
2: but I don't actually want to live that lifestyle. I just want to pretend that I do. I
3: like, I like going to the to the clubhouse and I just like looking wearing at the Western
1: mountain. boots. But I don't like the idea of dirt. Wait, that's me. <laughs> Except you like dirt on them. You go
3: I do like dirt on them. Yeah, yeah. You, you, You're not I'd, I'd say you them. do real stuff with them. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. That's true.
0: Uh, every once in a while on Real Nerds, we get fan mail. Does it still count if it's from one of our nerds? This week's fan mail is from Henry. <laughs> fan mail! Um, he's just, Uh, it's Henry the pretentious one. We, we have missed Henry. Mm. He would have been good yeah. to have on this episode. He would have. Do you think he likes that we include him in our group text about what we're doing. I
3: love doing <laughs> I it because then when we talked about the movie this week and he was like he was guessing on who was gonna like it, it made me b- bizarrely more excited to see the film because I was like man I, if henry i gotta I gotta know why Henry's saying what he's saying <laughs>
2: so, yeah I, sometimes I feel like he feels excluded because like his movie taste is so different from any of us yeah should that, he? like I like <laughs> <laughs> that I like uh you know what little correspondence we can give him to <laughs> yeah make it feel like a part of the team absolutely it, it, you know like i know we rag on him a lot but i, I think he's very valuable oh yeah. no absolutely oh, yeah, yeah. He's an
1: essential part.
0: i miss his haircut and a sexy voice oh yeah there go. i just want to give us an update on a few things firstly if you didn't see the post online art house asshole returned briefly in october with a few films that have been getting traction on the festival circuit recently if you want a list of the four films you can find it on uh on the facebook page real nerds podcasts on facebook I also try to attend a few panels with filmmakers like Richard Link later and Hong yeah. Seng So. If I'm able to attend those, I'll write a review of what they had to say, if they say anything interesting. So expect those articles to come out around October.
3: If they don't, I'm glad I wasn't there.
0: Secondly, if you remember earlier this year, we had a discussion on the podcast about Baby Driver and how I thought I saw an animated character for a fraction of a second playing the news anchor. I wasn't positive, but I thought I saw it. Well, this week, Baby Driver was released on digital, and I looked again, and now that I have the ability to pause, and I was right! Included a screenshot of what only appears to, to, for around five frames. If you're curious, here it is. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Anyways, I have to get back to being a disappointment. Aww. <laughs> I hope Aww. you guys enjoy the film you're watching this week. That's... And, uh, yeah, there's a picture of like, a CGI news guy huh. On uh, from Baby Driver. Weird. So. Google search see for. uh animated news guy. Wow. From Baby Driver. Thanks, Henry. That's so weird. It's funny and awesome. It is. Yeah,
3: I don't know why that's in there.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know cuz uh, you know, if I was cool like Edgar Wright, I would do shit like that in my movies cuz why not? Oh, of course people would notice. <laughs> yeah. You might as well. Yeah, uh this is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House this week.
1: Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Malton. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Vermont's I'm Armstar. Welcome to the Alamo Draft
0: Night. Oh, did you, do the, did you do the bumper with the Georgie kid?
1: <laughs> no, we pre- didn't get it.
0: It's pretty great. He's that's like the great. little Georgie boy from It's Like,
1: you will flow too! you will
0: flow too! If you like, oh, talk and yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
3: uh, anyways. No, that's not the one we got.
0: Um, we'll we start on Wednesday on since it's Monday. Uh, Geeks Who Drink is gonna be at the Littleton uh Alamo Draft House. Kingsman, the Gold Circle with a live stream Q and A. The Big Lebowski and Pulp Fiction are also playing at Littleton. Nice. Sloan's Lake is gonna have film still presents, Contemporary Color. Okay. And Demon Seed. Barfly is as a laugh night on Earth. On Thursday, the Sloan's Lake Tattered Cover presents An Evening with Bruce Campbell in person I'll be there Oh uh, <laughs> shit um, Oh shit Yep and you can also see the live stream at 6.05 If you weren't able to get in the theater
1: Oh that's cool
0: uh, You know people were asking like how'd you get in the theater so fast I'm like um, I don't get press releases from Alamo at all No one they go on sale <laughs> um, Yeah So yeah so I'll be there I didn't cheat On Thursday Oh man
3: I forgot to ask if my wife's working Fuck uh, You'll find a way Life finds a way, Ryan. You know, if you can't
2: make it, um, <laughs> I know someone very close to me that would totally eat that bullet for you. Yeah. Better, better answer be eat that <laughs> bullet
3: for you.
0: Ugh. Uh, Mile High Roast presents Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure on Friday. Why would you want to roast a roast oh, to? classic cool. like that? That's um, all they do. Serenity Movie Party at Sloan's Lake. Hell yeah. Linda Moyer's Slate State Change.
3: Is that, is that a movie? And Total Recall. Okay. I really love Len Weisman, and that movie is an underrated <laughs> entry into his catalog. Uh,
0: yeah, and that's what's playing at the Illinois Draft House this punch. week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I totally love Colin Farrell.
0: You should uh, try to go see Bruce Campbell. Oh, wait, you can. It's sold out. You
1: I think the, the live stream <laughs> The live stream you can. And yeah. if you, Actually, if you
0: buy the live stream, you do get an autographed copy of his book. Oh, yeah. cool. Just not personalized. Oh, cool. Yeah. So the personalized is a meet and greet.
3: Wow! I
0: have a plan for Mr. Campbell, uh, and he might tell me to go fuck wait, myself. Wait, wait, wait! Are you going to kill him? No, I'm going <laughs> to kiss tell him. Me. Oh, okay. you are going
2: to do hi. This, this is Bruce Campbell, and you're listening to Realness Podcast.
0: Oh yeah, I'm going to see. I'm going to preface it to say that I said I know you don't know me, and I'm sure you get this all the time. But just we did an interview with Timothy Quill, and he's my friend on Facebook, and I don't normally name drop Mr. Campbell,
3: <laughs> but seriously,
0: but just so you know that we're legit.
3: Yeah, and
0: would you say? Listen up, you primitive screwheads. This is Real Nerds Podcast. If <gasps> not, you can tell me to go fuck myself. I'll it's die okay. forever.
1: And then he says, I heard about five of those words. <laughs>
0: you know, I uh, Brad, you went to the last time he was here, right? He was actually really nice. Yeah. When I when had him sign my book, he said, uh, hey, Ryan, how are you today? I said, good. He said, what do you do for a living? And we just have this conversation for like two minutes. I love From you. I love you for a, a living. a way more
2: intimate setting.
3: Yeah. I think it's
0: going to be a little more chaotic at the Alamo. So. I'm interested to see.
3: but Which Alamo is that? Sloan's Lake. Oh, okay. My
0: my goal too is they have a trivia and i'm gonna win that fucking thing hell yeah and when i do he's gonna have to be next to me (laughs) you have to love me now what's the prize i don't know hopefully it's a hug (laughs) (laughs) well if
2: it's a physical thing like you know uh i don't know like an extra book or something
0: ask to trade it out for that for that voice and he'll be like no (laughs) and and that's the thing as I would understand, because he's actually kind of a big actor now. Yeah. And he's like, "Dude, I don't know you. Why would I put my name on this?" <laughs> right. And so I. Oh, but you're, you're not, not really putting your well. name
3: on it. You're not saying, "I'm Bruce Campbell and my favorite podcast is Real Nerds." Oh, podcast. if he
0: said that, I'd get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Um, Campbell. And he'd be like, "Oh my God, where I was that?" Oh, oh, please don't judge me. <laughs> please hug me now. <laughs> Can I just live inside you? Um, but um, Brad can attest, the last time they had a trivia for Bruce Campbell stuff, I smoked everybody. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about it. I don't think anyone is surprised. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Cool. Maybe there's another Bruce Campbell super fan there.
1: It turns out it's Sam Raimi himself. <gasps> I-, I wouldn't care if I lost to Sam <laughs> Raimi. <laughs> Ryan would just kill himself yes, in sir. front of him. Man,
0: Eat it. <laughs> Oh, uh, that'd, that'd be great. Be like Sam Raimi, tell me to do something. He's like, <laughs> get out of here! I was directed by Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: get out of here! So yeah. that'd be awesome. Cool. No, I'm
0: really excited. And that totally reminded. I totally forgot. Yeah. I mean, I would have remembered because I have it like in my phone and the tickets on my phone, so I mean, I yeah. got an update. But that's awesome. That's really cool. And Bruce Campbell's lots of fun. If uh, I should ask, how if I can record it. Oh, they probably won't let me.
3: Uh Steve. There's nothing
2: wrong with you just putting your cell phone out in front of your, like on your table and just, yeah, you know. Yeah, I should ask. Oops, the, I pressed yeah, the Yeah, you push, should push absolutely ask
3: permission. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, live streaming. Yeah, I still ask though. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say, can I talk to Mr. Campbell? <laughs> well, just, Steve will probably be there. Hell yeah. Why don't you, you
2: should ask S- Yes, uh, Alexandra we should like, if there's any, like, press
3: we should just do, talk about this off of the air, because there's definitely ways that we, we can do I know, things. No, I'm we, we're pretty- We can absolutely uh, take like advantage of all of the Like, my actually starting to work now. I'm <laughs> like, wait
0: a minute. Why am I trying to be all sneaky about this?
3: I don't know. <laughs>
1: Welcome back <laughs> we to the We actually know people.
3: Scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I'm like, stop, uh, my pa- stop stop, telling the listeners we can't get shit done. We can absolutely I know. I'm like, get oh, this man, done.
0: What I know. I'm like, actually, we can do
3: shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, I
0: did I did get Andre Gower from Monster Squad to do it, so I'm- you know, Yeah. I'm, I can do it. I can do it. Can do it. I'm not afraid. Can do it. What's the worst he can, can say? Can you know what, Michael Euston, to say? What's the worst they can say to me? I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I'm yeah. the boss. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. This is the movies that are coming out on Blu ray this week.
1: DVD releases to Blu ray. It's a big week. It's a lot of shit this week, so yeah, we'll get started. Yeah, really cool movie.
3: Yeah, uh, it's not this one, but there are ten different versions of Wonder Woman that you can buy this week, uh, depending on where you buy them. Do
1: you really just like Wonder Woman that much? It's okay.
3: It's fine. Th- there's another movie coming out this week that's d- way better so than So which
1: woman, Wonder Woman version is the most wonderful?
3: Uh... uh
1: yeah, there's a bunch of like different versions. Go, oh. It happens all the
3: time. The, the
0: writer ride. does not like the jokes you write. I know. Um, yeah, so Never there's. that was great. There's, four, <laughs> there's
3: a couple different 4K versions. There's like. See, Zach,
0: you gotta be like me and just throw tons of jokes out. <laughs> not all of them stick, but the ones that do are really funny. I just wanna see
3: how
1: many are sticky. <laughs>
3: it's just shotgun humor. Yeah. Um, you can get a you can get a headband. You can get a statue. You can get a steel book. What do you want? Whatever you want with Wonder Woman on it, you can get it.
1: I want a dependable car. Can I get that with Wonder Woman? N- no. I want you the can. 4K because she looks like she's all pissed off and
0: super hot in the picture? I'm like, yes. yeah, that's pretty
3: good. Um, the Big Sick is out on Blu-ray this week. Uh, which, yeah. if you didn't get a chance to see The Big Sick, you should go see The Big Sick. <laughs> I mean, you can't go. But you should go to your TV and rent it or buy it and then watch just watch The Big Sick that movie is amazing Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bad Batch is out on Blu-ray this week uh, which was that movie that somebody saw Brad you saw it? yeah Yeah.
2: it's okay yeah
3: alright I'll probably rent it Uh, season 5 of Bates Motel is out this week which means that also this week is Bates Motel the complete series on Blu-ray which has a really pretty picture of 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 What's-Her-Face on the front
1: Vera Farmiga I know. won't spoil it but She's
3: season
0: great. 4 and 5 are amazing
3: yeah oh man I gotta catch up on that show I dropped off somewhere in like end of season 2 not the because it was bad just you know, because it, there was a lot of TV you know, at the time no you know? the show's really good yeah I should just buy it, this box set
0: it slowly gets better and better like yeah. the first season's pretty solid second season's great third one's really good Yeah. fourth one's amazing and the finale's pretty
1: amazing I heard they oh. kind of rework the mythology a little bit by a the little end. bit yeah not too much but mm-hmm. just enough to make it's, it, it it's great. interesting yeah I do That's have. I have to finish it up. I have, I have enough, like I have three seasons under my belt, so mm.
3: I have enough Amazon points. I could I could just I could just get it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Friends, the complete series of Friends is on Blu-ray this week. Has this happened Again? before?
0: I have like the really nice like fold-out box like yeah, this. Book thing.
3: This just looks like a an edition. They just like I was I together. wasn't sure if it had done, been done before. Yeah. So, uh, ch- ch- uh, season five of Arrow. Is out this week, so you can get it. Uh, this is one where Steven he mm. he gets he gets Michael Bay posed a lot, according to the, the cover. Um, the
1: first season of Lethal
3: Weapon. Moving on, uh, the Vietnam War from Ken Burns uh,
1: on on the PBS <laughs> is Take ten years to make, guys. So let's all pay attention to it this week. i I've,
3: I've heard it's really amazing.
1: Yeah, I so, have the first. Oh, he's two, a great documentarian. I, yeah. I have the first two episodes recorded on DVR. I'm so excited to sit down I, and, and watch them.
3: I'm sure that is a fascinating mm. series of his. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind has a couple of editions this week uh, mostly because there's a, a Blu-ray edition uh, both 4K, on, right? Or oh, Sorry, a 4K edition, uh, both a steelbook and a just regular 4K edition um, book? Yeah, there's a Best Buy steelbook of uh, oh, There's a Best Buy 4K steelbook edition of Close Encounters of the Third Kind That movie's which, great uh, I actually like the regular 4K cover a little bit better but uh, still pretty cool uh, Yeah, I should watch it again it, it, it scared me a lot when I was a kid Aliens are scary, man, and real. Do they really uh, show the aliens in the close yeah. yeah, they do. At the end, they all, all the all the all the creepy little children I'm just come to get down. Him to
1: watch it again. I think oh, he's more God. afraid of mashed potatoes. It's the only but...
3: thing I remember. That's the thing. I don't remember anything else that happens in that movie except for what's in like basically the trailer. Like the kid opens the door and then he disappears. The truck gets sucked up. I remember those scenes and the mashed potatoes. That's oh, and I remember them climbing around the mountain and then I just remember in vivid detail, shot for shot, the last twenty so, minutes of the movie.
0: Steven Spielberg is, like, the master of your nightmares.
3: Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good at at trying to be really pleasant and enjoyable, but just scaring the shit out of me. (laughs) Um, So, uh, also on 4K this week is The Legend of Hercules, uh, the forgotten Hercules film from a few years ago. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, the forgotten Conan movie from a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So, you can check that out. Uh, September is getting released by Twilight Time, which is uh, how am I supposed to buy this. Th- what?
2: I looked up the uh, Skulls Encounters Steelbook, which yeah. is coming out tomorrow. It just says coming soon, so I came in just like. Oh no! It's, oh like, what? So
0: can I tell you how I? Oh, I how I got the. Uh, what? You, oh, the Guardians. Because that morning, like at six, I because I'm already awake because I go to work. Like I waited for it doesn't show up till like the next mor- that morning, so they can pull it off the shelf. That's mm. dumb. No, it's Best Buy. They're stupid.
3: Starship Troopers is getting a 4K Blu-ray release this week. With a really cool cover. With a really cool arty cover. I mean, there's two different versions of it, but you can there check it out. some
0: weird, like, uh, catalog tiles that have been coming out, like Van Helsing. and Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Th- those are the ones I just read through where, like, yeah, yeah the like last Legend week, of Hercules. Like, and Yeah, it's weird. Right. I skipped over Van Helsing. Last- oh, no, no, I talked about it because I told mm-hmm. the story about taking yeah. my mom. Um, <laughs> so, uh, also, there's a... Uh, what looks like a, a CG movie from 2002 called Starship Troopers Traitor of Mars. That tra- um, the, the, the
1: subtitle is a better title. Traitor but, of Mars is yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I, would, I would totally make a, like a Julius Caesar recreation, but with aliens on Mars and call it Traitor of Mars.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, second to last
3: uh, and probably least, Steven Seagal returns with cartels. Shot in Russia. Oh, is it really?
1: His image on his image on the (laughs) cover makes it look like he had like had five margaritas before doing that photo shoot. (laughs) He got
3: really drunk. They took a photo of him laying on a couch, and then they photoshopped his head onto somebody else's body, awkwardly holding a shotgun. Yeah, Um, it's it looks awful. It's Um, Steven Seagal, guys. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and then finally, I talked about this last week. uh, Firefly: The Complete Series is getting a Blu-ray really really cool release. Yeah, with like a cool book. And there's like oh, the some, character uh, cards and stuff. Yeah, That's there's character cards in there and like I'm hoping that it that it opens up uh maybe it doesn't. Uh, let me click on the way just the way the boxes design looks like looks like it's really cool. It's probably just a normal slip cover. No, I I don't think it is. I think it opens mm-hmm. like from the top the way that from the earth to the moon does, which is awesome. That's one of my favorite like box designs. I That's agree. a weird thing to have a favorite of. Nope. Um, it's not. But yeah, no, I of course ordered it because I buy every version of Firefly and Serenity that they make. Um, but, Serenity comes yeah. out in 4K, doesn't it? Uh, not this week. I didn't see it this week. I think it's in two
1: weeks. I can just imagine um, a really fucked up version of Misery with James and Joss Whedon. <laughs> 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 buy another copy.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that's everything on Blu-ray this week. There were, there were also a lot of, yeah, like you said, sort of some archive releases. That, that, that um, Twilight Time uh, mm-hmm. imprint is releasing a lot of just old, like black and white, either sci-fi or horror movies yeah. that i've never heard of or some westerns like lawman um but you know it's just just yeah, a bunch Tony of Time stuff it's so.
0: really weird obscure titles they yeah. have some
3: big ones like american buffalo yeah but that's
0: what i mean like they yeah. like could they only make three thousand because like, who else is gonna buy it right exactly <laughs> yeah. it goes on sale for you yeah um
3: yeah anyway that is the blu-ray releases this week
0: we also pay attention to the interwebs for real news it's real news. All right. Dude, did you see the picture of Alicia Vikander as, like, with the
3: pickaxe? Did you see the teaser teaser? <sighs> did you see the teaser yeah. teaser? Oh, man, teaser teaser is really good. I just was listening to the It episode. You guys already talked about this. Uh, well, no. no yeah, we yeah, talked we did. about a
0: picture of her. This is the poster with her holding the pickaxe.
3: That's true. That's and, true. And
0: this is the teaser where she's like, dodging stuff yeah she's like Ugh! and she's like no way and the guy's like look out
3: at one point she smacks a log and dies just like she does in the video game and falls into a river and i was like oh man it's also gonna be like because know yeah, the video the first video game they got in trouble because they they like wanted to make you really feel bad for her and make you feel like when she got hurt like she was really pushing through a lot of shit and getting hurt a lot and so a lot of the audio was a lot of her being like Ugh uh uh and it was like they got in a lot of like a lot of criticism uh, for it. And the the movie looks like they're also going to just beat the shit out of this woman, um, which is not the reason I like it. I just like I like her powering through the obstacles in her in, in front of her.
0: No, it's badass. Like yeah. the first the second game is pretty great, too. But yeah, the first game is the first game I cared about Lara Croft.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I liked Lara Croft before. But yeah. But I mean, like, just because I liked solving puzzles and shooting dinosaurs.
0: Yeah. But I mean, like you care about her as a character. Yeah. Yeah,
3: it was the first time that they tried to make her almost Nathan Drake. Yeah, um,
0: have you been playing the new Uncharted?
3: I beat I beat it already. Did you? Yeah, fucker, it's really good. I know it's great. It's really good.
0: I Actually, care about freaking Chloe. I'm like, oh, I know. I,
3: know. I even care about Nadine. Yeah. Um. There's a few. There's some moments later on where Chloe does some shit, and I'm like, oh, Chloe. I know about. I think I'm it. You there. miss your dad. Yeah. It's really good. Um yeah and just a good, like the, the gameplay in that one is pretty solid it's oh, cool because yeah. it's not as much story so it's one that you could replay a lot quicker like mm-hmm. in the future I could see a version w- uh, a world where when I just want to get in and shoot some dudes in the face I play that one because yeah. it's a lot easier to just jump into action whereas like with Uncharted 4 you jump in and there's like a lot of just Elena being pissed at you which I love but it's not necessarily me shooting dudes in the face <laughs> uh, anyway speaking of sad things uh, everyone died this week Harry, Sta- Harry Dean Stanton died uh, who
1: scared the hell out of some pigeons on his way out? <laughs>
3: uh, you will know him as the man in, in the chain room from Alien, uh, and many other things. He was ninety-one years old. He so was good job. Harold
1: in Escape from New York, and in uh, was it Sixteen Candles? The father. He was the dad in Sixteen Candles. Right. Yeah,
3: he was in Rawhide back in the day, in yep. Andy yep. Griffith show. Yep, um, he was
1: in a lot of TV in the fifties. He he. The, Stanton worked his ass off starting yeah. in the Pasadena Playhouse back in the early 50s, and he's, he was on a shit ton of shows. Um, he lived with Jack Nicholson for two years after Nicholson's uh, wife left him Aww. in the early days. That's First sweet. wife, not... Yeah.
0: That well. sucks. <laughs> Just like that Jack Nicholson impression. Yeah, I was
1: going to be like, dude, you give me shit. <laughs> um, but he also, like... Uh, Paris, it, Paris, Texas That's is the that. one that I'm seeing a lot of love for these days, which is good because um, he's really good in that movie because he kind of disappears into the role.
3: He plays the man who's sweeping up when uh, in, in Avengers when the Hulk hits the ground really hard.
1: Yeah, and scared the shit out of some pigeons. Yeah,
3: uh, Exitensio passed away this week at the ripe old age of 98 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a Disney animator and a theme park imagineer. Uh, he's one of the people behind um, well, he was behind Pinocchio, so you'll like that. Mm-hmm. He was also behind the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. So, you know, he died just in time for them to shit all over him. If,
0: uh... <laughs> that was Thank so you. aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Close, You're fucking somebody. enough, Disney! <laughs> um, it was it's really important wanna... to him
3: that you could buy women.
0: If you want to read about him and the p- making of Pinocchio, there's a great book you can get it from the Disney Family Museum. Called Pinocchio, making of an animated epic, and it's beautiful, and it's about 450 pages, and it has stories about him. And
1: that's the one you have in your house, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's awesome. I need to check that out. Should I'll let you borrow it. All right, cool. <laughs> I read the Friday the Thirteenth book, so <laughs> I like ones with pictures in them, Ryan. <laughs> it's a lot like that. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
3: okay, and then this next thing, I will, I will preface that I've, I put maybe the most exciting news right after this, so don't worry. I'm going to bring us back up. Mm-hmm. Um. The uh the location manager for Narcos was found dead in Mexico this week unfortunately. Yeah, uh, that was It sounds like he was he was shot just outside of Mexico, it's or been Mexico a, City. It's
1: been a weird year for crew members meeting untimely ends. Yeah. Uh, um, or getting injured or whatever, but this is the most like hor- horrific of them. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, I probably don't want to shoot Narcos season 4 in Mexico, guys. Yeah. You can make Colombia look like Mexico. It's not that hard. <laughs> Was well, <is> Colombia better? <laughs> <laughs> Probably well, not. So, like, well, because the first couple seasons take place in Colombia, but the show's moving toward Mexico. Mm. So they're trying to like capture sure. that. But after this, I don't see how they're gonna, how anybody's well, gonna let them shoot there uh, on Netflix's what? end. Like, technically they could, but well, I think yeah, Netflix I is know. gonna put a stop to it.
3: It's obviously really sad news. Uh, he worked on Man on Fire and Apocalypto and. Uh, bigger than that, uh, Elysium and Sicario, of all things, wow. which is really awesome. So he must so, be
0: like a really good Central American scout or something.
3: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he worked on Fast and Furious, which also shot there, uh, and Spectre, which shot there. Mm-hmm. So. Have yeah, they updated
1: that story at all? Like Because when I first read it, they said they just, they don't know what, what happened. They just saw the they No, there's, they're still investigating. Okay.
3: So, yeah. um, but, okay, uh, I'm going to bounce us right back up to the top. J.J. Abrams is directed Star Wars 9, everybody! Woo-hoo!
0: Brad looks I'm like excited. he has something to say. Negative.
2: No, I'm I'm I think it's good. I I was just listening to like your like your discussion of Colin Trevorrow's exit last week and just like like yeah, Kathleen is the gatekeeper and she totally deserves it. Sure. Um but like I I I still find
1: it fault that they're hiring of like auteur directors to like I don't think we denied to, it though. What like that that was a problem? The auteur thing where they keep hiring these people. Ooh, no, that may is that
3: may have been because, something we talked about before the show.
2: Yeah, I, I'm just saying it's like there is some fault on her part for like reaching out and then like expecting them to kowtow to her. Like they should because no, you know, no, I get are saying. Yeah, she's in charge, but like to expect like Phil Lord and Chris Miller to you know, it's not like they. I think like that comment says something about like they believe in their own hype. They had like three really successful movies, like the two Jump yeah. Streets and the Lego, and like, the Cloudy. Like yeah, and the you don't weather hire weather. them to do safe stuff. No, absolutely. So like that's like so n- this just feels like they don't know how to play with the next generation of directors. So they're just gonna play it safe and like okay, yeah, we know J J can make a Star Wars movie. Let's get out of the trilogy, like yeah, without except, risking anything. Except
3: Ryan Johnson doesn't support that. Like, Ryan Johnson doesn't support that argument. You know, I,
2: I think because he's so close to the finish line, like, I, he might have had to swallow a lot of, like, I'm sure he wrote his script, and then I'm sure Kathleen Kennedy and everyone came in and, like, told him, like, you know, do this, this, and this, and because he was, you know, already on board, you know, I'm sure he played along, but, like, that that's a guy who seems like he wants to challenge the system. And like do new stuff and everything I've seen from it's called the, ports. But but that as,
3: your statement right there assumes that the system is wrong, and Kathleen Kennedy may not necessarily be wrong. Colin Trevorrow might have been wrong. Like he his his ideas for what he wanted to do may have not been the right direction for what all of these other people had been working.
2: Well, with. That's fine if like your direction is to like make a safe like traditional Star Wars thing. But like there's me who's gets excited that someone with a different vision is going to come in and, like, shake things up. Sure. Because, like, you know, The Force Awakens is great, but it's really just a remake of A New Hope. This is incorrect,
3: but you sure. (laughs) Okay. I I just hate that argument. Um, I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, there's new stuff, but it's just so... Like, the strategy of making it familiar, like, helped, you know, erase Mm -hmm. the ill will of the, the prequel movies. Right. But at the same time, like I want some to someone to bring something new to the. So I don't know what the Last Jedi is going to look like yet. I don't know, you know, it may be a fresh, yeah, to, totally new direction. But the fact that they dismiss Colin Trevorrow, which is fine because I didn't like anything. But yes, you know, safety not guaranteed. Safety not guaranteed. Yeah. But um, to not reach out to like just going to J.J. Abrams says like, okay, we need to do this. We can't risk any more time. or... like. Any like anything on another new person. It just feels like they just like to play safe too much. And I'm like,
3: well, but I, I've, I've two arguments here. One is they have two years. Like they just announced that the date moved a little. So it's December 20th, two years from now. So you kind of need someone who can do that. Like you need someone that you can hand a huge project over with a really rough deadline and get it done Correct. And like trust that they're going to have like that you're not gonna fuck it up again, right? Like when you when you switch directors, you kinda have to make sure that your second director is the safest choice you can you can go with because you can't switch to a third, you know?
2: I don't know. Like I know there's a lot of like contracts that are dependent on like the release date, like they announced that ahead of time and they set that as the deadline, but they still moved it from the summer to winter, so it's not like it's a totally inflexible deadline. So you know, they still could have pushed it to 2020. And
3: I will agree with you on on, you know, on Lord Miller in that, you know, I think if you hire them and you're going to let them have the vision, like those guys are, I think, are different than a Trevor o. Um well, The other thing I would say is to support you that I don't think we said on the podcast last week, but we did talk about, might have been off air, was that I do agree. It is a problem with the system, like with studios as a whole, that right now they're looking at younger directors who are maybe unproven on blockbusters as cheaper opportunities, and they're sort of hoping, like, well, you know, maybe we'll get somebody with a great vision and this will blow up, you know? Um, And then as a result, they, like, but then they want to take that guy and put him in a box, which that is, those two things are kind of in conflict. Um, And so I would agree with you, like, yeah, you got to know what you're, if you want to go with the cheap option of the guy who's unproven, that's great, but you got to know what you're doing. If you go with J.J. Abrams, you're going to spend a shit ton of money, and he's going to, like, He's going to get you something really great that is definitely what you want and is definitely marketable, but you got to pay for it. And and I think it's it's definitely an onus on them that – or the onus is on them that they're picking these guys just because they're like, oh, this is an opportunity, you know?
0: And the only argument I would have too is uh, you can't be that arrogant going into this situation and being like, this is how I want to make Star Wars. That's not going to work because they already ran into the problem. Remember, Lord and Miller got in trouble not because – necessarily what they were doing is how they were doing it you know they said all day for these expensive shots and then they said oh they got one shot of the guy looking at the camera then they had to reset and move the cameras around and they're saying you can't it's just too much riding on this and i mean and that's why i'm interested to see ryan johnson's take on it because he's someone with a different definitely uh, voice that's way different than J.J. J. Abrams. Yeah. With influences though.
1: And apparently that's what from all rumblings from people who because like, I guess the movie's complete at this point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there are people who are like. At least close enough. Letting us know enough that we need to know is that it's a very different Star Wars movie.
3: And that's good. It, but, yeah. but it doesn't. Hopefully it not is. Not like
1: drastically but the, uh, this is just what I heard on some a couple slash film casts like their d- new daily show is those, like they're saying it's just like it. Some people aren't digging it, and a lot of people are, but some people aren't digging it. So, and that's
0: fine. But you know, because but Brad's also right too. Because every once in a while, you get someone like my boy Sam Raimi, who comes from very small pictures, and then like, well, here's two hundred million dollars to make Spider Man,
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And he not only made a studio film which they wanted, but he is in that movie right. big yeah. time. Oh yeah. So as someone like Amy Pascal, I think actually let. Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi mm-hmm. uh,
2: that was the beginning of like the superhero boom or like, yeah. the Renaissance renaissance whatever so like he had he was in a unique position to like you know he probably didn't have a ton of oversight and, but I'm sure by the second one he oh, like, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, did great so it let you do what you want to well, do but by the third one there the was third like,
0: one he's already sick of them
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. he's
0: he's pretty uh, there's a great uh, nerdist podcast with Sam Raimi where he talks about it where he doesn't really like badmouth anybody but he said he was tired
1: Yeah, yeah, you that's know. why he works in his garden now I would. Fucking. And but
3: that that him being tired is a lot of the f- fighting with the studio and figuring out how you work this stuff out and and that is unfortunately part of the job I think, you know? Like yeah. if you're JJ J. Abrams is not some guy who goes in and I mean maybe at this point he is because it, it's partially his studio in some <laughs> cases. Um but especially early on, right? When you're if you're talking Mission Impossible 3, um he's not necessarily somebody who goes in and doesn't have to take notes from people and doesn't have to you know make compromises and stuff like that like that that ability to work as a team and listen to other people is uh is not only like an important part of the job it's an important part of the creative process because when you don't have to do that and you're george lucas you make shit films because no one says no to you right Mm -hmm. like you need those people who have that experience who look at something you're doing and going ooh, it's team effort yeah, um, and so I would agree with you. We were probably too harsh, probably just because I really don't like the guy. <laughs> like, you know, when I when I don't like the movies that you put out and then I hear that you're kind of an asshole and people don't like you, and those statements were pretty damning from that source. Um, I mean, that wasn't like, yeah, you know, differing ob- opinions or whatever, right? Like, this isn't a a mutual parting of ways like a Marvel and, and, and Edgar Wright where, Both sides speak very nicely of each other for the most part. And it's just like, well, I was in early. I had a cool idea. And by the time I got around to making my movie, their vision of the future was different than mine. Um, You know, that I don't know. I feel
1: like I feel like my anger with it wasn't stemmed towards Trevorrow's behavior because that's whatever. But it was the reaction to all this news with people because like now there's a petition to like, there's a stupid petition to get JJ fired from uh, star Wars nine.
0: And, and I bet Kathleen Kennedy has that in her office and she wipes her ass with it. And exactly. <laughs> my, but like my, Cause again, my, my, how's that for visual? I,
1: I, I'm going to essentially double down on what I said last week is it's like, you don't understand what you're talking about because you're looking at it from one side of a two of a two word theory film business. You are looking at the film side. That's wonderful. I support you on that. You are not looking at the business side either. Has is, yeah. is Abrams done anything like since Force Awakens? Nope. <laughs> uh, Produced some TV
0: shows?
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's always working, oh, yeah. but as far as directing, no. And, and the thing no. is,
0: Abrams is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not, like... Oh, yeah. It's, it's I, still a good choice. I
3: wanted, I'm just, to, like, yeah. I, w- I wanted to make the joke of like, how many times does the position mention lens flares, and if so, that's how little I take it seriously. It's
1: mostly, it's mostly like, this is just New Hope Reborn nonsense. The same thing that I keep hearing from <sighs> yeah. people who are actively trying to find fault with something that... Probably did get them enjoyment, but they don't want to lose their "quote unquote" street cred, which doesn't exist, guys. You're not a badass. That, that, guy, <laughs> that guy
3: deserves a lot more credit for doing something that should have not been possible. Yeah, right. In a Joss Whedon Avengers level way, I know, but he made a he made a really good Star Wars
1: the, movie. The internet's full of seething anger. Yeah, a
0: movie from 2015.
1: Mm-hmm. My, yeah, <laughs> really good. Was my number four, but
3: a good. I mean, you're right, Brett. I preferred we were, a movie we about w- a western in the snow. <laughs> we were likely, you know. Um, It would be nice if people maybe vetted the people they hired a bit more before they hired them and then all of this stuff went bad. But I'm sure that Kathleen Kennedy is not sitting there not taking ownership for the fact that, like, she just wasted six months or eight, you know, ten months working with this guy and then has to throw it out the window and move a movie back. Yeah. You know, she listens to our podcast. for She, comfort. Yeah. <laughs> I bet she'd really like to get to two Star Wars movies a year. So yeah. um,
2: it's, it, it's fine. That's just like, it's also just a little bit of a shame that like you have this opportunity to bring more people into the Star Wars mm-hmm. universe and then you're just like, it's, it, it's just a feeling of cold feet Sure. of like, you know, hey, we're, we're excited about bringing new visions because we've had, you know, George Lucas for four times. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, we really like just having the same people do it <laughs> Well after and all. And the they, end. Are,
3: they are definitely struggling with some of that, too, right? Like, yeah. you look at even – I was actually watching uh, Rogue One some last night before I went to sleep um, and and liking it a lot more than I remembered. Not that I didn't like it, just, like, you know, really enjoying it. Um, but knowing what we know about how rocky the, the production of that movie was, like – I can understand them being pretty wary because they've, they've got a certain vision in mind for, for what they want to do with the franchise. And they've got to protect something that, I mean, to be honest, look at the fans of Star Wars. These people are vicious. Yeah. And when you fuck it, hell, when you get it pretty great, they are still pissed as all hell. So you would better make sure that the people you're choosing and the decisions you're making, because they, they need to get at least five movies under their, their belt maybe, maybe, or I'll say at least three movies under their belt before they make a sinker, right? Like, if Han Solo comes out and it it's shit, um, they're going to have a rocky road ahead of them to make more Star Wars-like other movies, uh, especially if they're trying to, like, connect things and stuff like that, you know? Because um, they want to keep that giant bubble of money rolling forward, so... Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, women who are awesome... Uh, Patty Jenkins is officially directing Wonder Woman two. I mean, we all we all knew it, yeah. but like <laughs> they signed paperwork and announced things this week. So good, whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Wonder Woman t- is still one of my favorite films of the year. It was it was good.
3: It was good. They did a good job. That's great. Uh, the uh, uh, ch- ch- explain to me why everyone is excited about Halloween this week, Ryan? Ah! ah stop, stop yelling in my ears. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is returning
0: to Halloween, <laughs> which I guess. I guess they're pissing away H2O and resurrection. Oh no, no danger did, did she in die in H2O? Uh, she H2O? died in resurrection. It's oh, Okay.
1: She only she's only in the first 15 20 minutes of Something resurrection. Like that, yeah. And it's it's a shitty death. It's a really shitty death yeah. because she deserved way better. Um but like I it shocked me at first cuz I was like what's going on? But then I remembered reboot. Um that came like or like they're they 're ignoring did continuity. you read
0: uh, danny mcbride 's statement that they're it 's taking place after Halloween too
1: yeah which which so. was which what they were saying from the get go yeah. and they were even trying to Rob, do that
3: Rob zombies Halloween too no i 'm so confused
1: Ugh. well, and this is the problem with Halloween that I have as much as I love this franchise, it has become a big choose your own adventure book <laughs> where every, where if you don 't like some characters in other installments, you can just. Go back to the beginning and choose option C and go into option C. But now we got option D, and then there's that parallel universe that Rub created. Well, what I always uh, I'm not I, I'm not angry about it. I, anytime, no, I know. Any, anytime Jamie wants, to I come think back it's great. To, yeah, because, and especially after Scream Queens, that's kind of my my yeah. basis for is it. like I liked watching her on Scream Queens. She's,
0: you know, as interesting as I went, that picture of her, she looks great. Oh, she, I yeah. Think, I think she looks better now than she did when she was
1: younger. Dude, she's she's been damn hot her whole life. Uh you know?
0: she's she's such a beautiful woman and so I'm sitting there I'm like oh that's a badass picture and uh the one they released with it and
1: you know Michael's behind her and mm-hmm. and it's the uh, original Michael. So I'm wondering if they're going to try to reconstruct the original mask to the nth degree because Rob kind of did it in the remake but he didn't. And part of part of the problem with Rob's is is that his mask goes through aging mm-hmm. and like decay
0: by the, cool. By the
1: end of the first and second film,
0: actually I think Michael Myers looks the best in the Rob zombie movies. I think he kind of looks hokey in some of the Halloween sequels
1: um well i'm just i'm more referring to them the mask yeah I like, think I think the mask it's like like and I agree like Rob's is the closest that we've gotten to that mask, and even Michael as an imposing figure 'cause he he probably should be at this point mm-hmm. but um the mask like i i'm wondering if they're going to try to like. Find the source mask and like kind of recreate it because I think Dick Warlock owns the original from two.
0: Probably yeah. I'm interested too because if Jamie Lee is so if this takes place 40 years after the first one, mm-hmm. so that'd make Michael 60 something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's, we've we've been able to ignore age with Michael it, for Jerry a long time. <laughs> but I mean, there's I
0: mean, there's six year olds that can still rock it. But yeah, yeah. A look at Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's sixty. I think he's I don't 50. know. Yeah. Uh, I, was just, okay. I was just guessing. But it's pretty close. I mean, she yeah. looks great. Yeah. great. Um. So good for her. Yeah. So yeah, yeah
1: it, it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, the the addendum to that is that John Carpenter still wants to do the score. Yeah. Which and, is well, cool. they're like, involving him, and I
0: think it's interesting that Danny McBride and Seth Gordon Green are the ones who are spearheading this. And
1: well, I mean, it's it's kind of a it's not really, but it's kind of like when Jason Siegel took on the Muppets. Well, You're like, it's... oh, the guy who wrote Forgetting Sir Marshall. He's going to put a bunch of penis jokes in the Muppets. No, he didn't. He did something very respectful. Yeah, I'm sure well, Danny McBride.
0: I've always said if I ever got famous, like in Hollywood, as a director, uh-huh. and I had enough clout, I would always walk in there and say, "Okay, I want to direct Friday the 13th. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: because yeah. that's what I want to do. Yeah.
1: yeah, and you'd know how to do it. And I think that they, they're they're big enough fans, and they've been able to convince John how to do it. That it, it gives me some. It gives me a lot of hope. Um, I liked that Blum Jason Blum was very blunt about his uh uh confirmation that it's gonna come out. He's like, You could chop my head off, you could do this, you could do that I'm like yeah, he Okay, settle down, Tiger. <laughs> he did that the day before they released that news, so that's pretty funny. So yeah, I was just I was like I was like, Okay, settle down, Tiger. We we, we yeah. get it. You 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 excited. <laughs> so good on Jamie Lee. Yeah. yeah so good on Jamie good Lee for her. You uh, won't get any Sam Loomis though, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying resurrect his corpse guys. <laughs>
3: Uh, two really interesting last uh, pieces here. One is there was a study that came out this week where uh, – let me see what the date was. I think it's like 10 years of, of data that they're working off of, I believe, uh, showing that basically Rotten Tomato scores do not affect whether or not people go to see movies at the box office. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. they're looking at data all the way back to the year 2000, um, and they aren't finding any correlation between whether or not a movie has a bad Rotten Tomato score and whether or not people actually go to the theater, which – Doesn't really surprise me that much. No, Um,
1: yeah, because the the studios seem to be like, well, they're in damage control mode at this point, and they're trying to find anything they can scapegoat. Mm.
3: Well, some of it is like I feel like a lot of people. I'm I'm certainly one of them, but I watch a lot of movies. uh, But I've also talked to people, and I think they they'll see a bad Rotten Tomatoes score and then think. Oh man, I I should go find out whether or not this movie is actually bad. Like they see the marketing, and if they were already interested based on the marketing, they don't trust like Im- they don't implicitly trust the Rotten Tomato score, mm-hmm. much like almost any score, right? Yeah. So um, it doesn't really seem surprising to me. It's just you know it's more just to sort of get a sense of hey, how are people liking this as a whole? Well, what
0: I'll always say too is the reason Rotten Tomato scores don't matter is because the film critics mm-hmm. are the ones who are saying that like, oh this is a great movie. Something like Get Out. Or even yeah. it that's like ninety seven percent or Get Out I think it's at ninety eight yeah one of the highest scores in Rotten Tomatoes is it gonna win go get nominated for Best Picture no because no. that they don't care either they right. don't care what they what's the best reviewed film it's just whatever yeah. their pretentious asses thinks is the best film right
3: um, so I think people are the same way yeah and I, I you know I think hopefully people also look at it and go like you know the the movies that I actually enjoy seeing tend to be somewhere around a seventy yeah. or up. Uh, and that's a pretty wide range. I mean, at seventy, it doesn't look like a great score. But the truth is, like the first Star Trek movie, which is awesome, has a uh, the the J. J. Abrams Star Trek movie. Not to just love J.J. Abrams. Don't stop glaring at me, Brad. Uh, I'm, I'm, just sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, the I know Abrams you won. like that movie too. I think the uh, Abrams
1: one, ha- the first Abrams one, has a ninety something, doesn't it?
3: When it came out, it was around a seventy. Um, cause I remember using it as a reference at the time, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, like movies like that, you still look at and go like that movie is awesome, but it's cause it's just fun. And you know, it's not for everybody cause it's, I know. feel the
0: same way about IMDB. If they get like oh, a yeah. six to seven, it's a pretty good movie right. because IMDB is scores are based on tons of trolls. Oh yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the very last thing is that, uh, Apple TV, uh, announced this week that, or they started selling 4k stuff on their, their service, um, and they're It streams it. at 4K? Uh, well, it's not streaming. <laughs> you're, you're buying it, right? So you're downloading so the digital version. it downloads and plays yeah. at 4K? Well, uh, it's supposed to be able to. Whether or not it really has the bitrate to do it, I don't know. But, um, or is compressed. Who knows? But <laughs> It's totally compressed. Um, I'm, I'm, just, such an, I'm such hold a on. prick. <laughs> Here's the interesting thing. Uh so they're pricing this stuff near the same prices as the HD and then if you had the HD uh version they're automatically upgrading you to 4K which is really nice mm-hmm. um Good because they're they're basically sort of f- future-proofing their their HD um versions of movies which is awesome like if you have a collection on there like that was a pretty big win um, my hope would be that Amazon does something relatively similar yeah. um but uh yeah I, I pretty crazy i think it's a it's a relatively aggressive move to try and get people to stop buying discs um but uh not, not happening not gonna Never. happen to me <laughs> <laughs> um We're all in but denial, even though like by the time i'm 60 that collection is gonna be ridiculous well by the time i'm 60 i know I'm not gonna i always discs. think about
0: that like my comic yeah. books and stuff. So i'm like man
3: in 30 years <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> gonna be ridiculous Collection just keeps getting bigger. and <laughs> at that point
2: there's gonna jack the movies directly into your brain like you're just gonna plug into the wall. <laughs> well, no, just, like watch the movies in your head. At so. that point,
3: they're gonna shrink me down to about eight feet, eight, eight inches tall, and then my house is gonna be way bigger. Um, so you I think you're just be, <laughs> yeah. I think you're just downsizing.
1: very excited for downsizing. Uh, no. I'm not.
0: Speaking <laughs> of movies, we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week?
1: So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
2: Well, I haven't been here for two weeks, so get ready. Oh, motherfucker! Buckle in. boneheads. you bone You're going what's for going on way. around town instead? I was
3: gone for like three weeks, and you know what I said last week? Nothing.
2: See, normally I just throw a lot of these out, but I actually lo- watched some interesting things. Like, oh, cool. I didn't. Did I, did I talk about Terminator Two and Three D? No, yes, you did.
1: I think with you. I feel like you did. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, these guys weren't here. So.
1: <laughs> Go ahead and do it again. Was um, it like
3: Terminator Two? Huh? Was it like Terminator 2? It was
2: exactly like Terminator 2. Can you believe it? Yeah! The 3D version was just... Yeah. No, for a movie from 91 that wasn't shot in 3D, it, the post-conversion is pretty good.
1: Where'd you see it? Did they replace all the guns with walkie-talkies? <laughs> oh,
2: like, even the future guns. It was crazy. <laughs> where, where did you Why see Why do it? they have walkie-talkies <laughs> in the <distant> future?
1: <laughs> Don't
2: they have iPhones? Um, I saw it at the Highlands Ranch, AMC 24. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um...
3: Sure. I mean not really but sure it's
2: sure.
1: probably gone right now I would, I would have gone Oh yeah either. I think it was
2: only out for a week Damn it uh, but it was cool I was I was surprised like how good that translated neat um really immersive um I also let's see this list is so messy uh, I watched a bunch of stuff on Netflix uh, heavyweights
3: yeah. Oh cool um, I Hell seen yeah.
2: before. It's like a Ben Stiller <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You've never seen it? it? No yeah. <gasps> Wow Oh man um, it was, It's okay You <laughs> just it's, don't
3: it's... hate yourself enough to
0: change
2: <laughs> Yeah I feel like you kind of need You know same thing
3: I feel like you kind of need to be 11 like I was when that movie came out Yeah um, Cause I, yeah like we love it but we saw it a long time yeah. ago <laughs> ben, um, ben
1: Stiller scared the shit out of me before oh, I yeah. realized he was actually really funny yeah. Because Heavyweights was the first thing I ever saw him in. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then they even have
2: him play, like, the older, like, his dad or something. Yeah. The end, mm-hmm. But he still looks, like, super young <laughs> with, like, old makeup. Um, yeah. That movie's, like, a 90s Disney movie. That's <laughs> all I can really yep. say about it. Um, That's accurate. And then I also watched, because uh, there's, like, a big Disney kick on the the Netflix feed, uh, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, which is the third oh. Honey movie. Uh, the yes. direct-to-video one. Yeah. The yeah. first
1: direct-to-video one.
2: Where the effects are pretty not great. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of just green
1: screen. It's weird that, like... Well, I mean, it's direct-to-video, so the budget was probably cut significantly. Because yeah. that first one, like, the... The first one, the effects are pretty... Hold pretty they well. hold up enough. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like Here, it's not like a masterpiece. But. It, it at
2: least feels like they're, they're small, you know, like... The big Cheerio is what I always remember. Like yeah, the or the cheerio. ant. Yeah. Um, so, but um,
1: the, yeah. the in Shrunk ourselves isn't the big one the chips and dip <laughs> when they're when could they get scooped into chip and dip. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, but
2: the the weird thing is, you know, the, the Netflix says like super HD. This looked like a standard frame movie that they stretched out wide. Ooh. Yeah. So it's like oh. there's really not like. Like I, I guess if it was straight to video, they probably didn't have shot a widescreen sh- version. Probably shot in 4 3. But it's out there somewhere. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, and then the other weird thing is there's like a very young Mila Kunis as one of the little girls at the party. No way. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. I love her. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you also, go ahead and do that. <laughs> I bet she
3: also told them that she was 18 when she was casting that.
2: Sure. Yeah. I also watched uh, the uh, two other brave little toaster movies <laughs> what you're, you're on tough. a weird the kick go, the ghost to mars and the ghost to mars and what was the other one I like i think i that. think it's toaster's the rescue or something okay um but yeah there's just those are just weird and they're really yeah for like four-year-olds
0: <laughs> yeah those aren't really considered disney movies i think they picked those up
2: yeah they're not they're like some i forget what is it touchstone it is.
0: Does that I, sound right? I don't know
2: if it's touchstone. It's just like yeah.
0: it's like some kind of like, like it's not bluth.
2: Or... It's not,
0: yeah, it's like they picked him up and released him or something.
2: Yeah, but um, yeah, the, th- the second one's okay. Like the first one has like uh, Phil Hartman's voice in it, and uh, I think John Lovett's, uh, but yeah, they, they jettisoned pretty much everybody for the second, hmm. third, and then the third one's just like the toaster goes to Mars because like appliances. Like super advanced appliances from the 50s, like become so sentient and then like they're going to be destroyed because the company that makes the appliances realizes it makes more. Instead of making an appliance that does really well and like lasts a while, they make more money by making something that breaks. Hmm. What's the it's like the engineered life cycle that devices have. Oh, Mm -hmm. um, like they intentionally break. So you have to be at a new one. I forget the term Blade Runner. No. <laughs> in the movie. Um but anyway, yeah, I'll so, think of it in a so second. It's these super advanced like refrigerators are on Mars and they suck up like the masters, which that's such a weird thing for the appliances to call like the the kid who like grows up with them the master. Like uh, mm. I don't know, it just sounds so odd. Yeah. Like they're like they're super slaves. <laughs> um uh, yeah so like they, they the appliances suck up his baby because by the third one he's married and has a kid now. they take his baby and like it crosses the galaxy in a, like just a bubble, and then the appliances get in like a milk crate and then they break the paddle ce- the paddle fan off the ceiling, and like they use that to go all the way to Mars <laughs> in like an hour. you can do that bro <laughs> yeah there's like some the calculator does some kind of weird math. And he realizes, like, oh, so like, yeah, this, this, and this. If and I then, turn it
3: upside down, it says boobs. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go to Mars. <laughs> and
2: then they go to Mars and find out the appliances are super dicks. And they want to, like, destroy the <laughs> Earth. <laughs> the, the, the appliances have built a rocket that they're going to launch to Earth and kill everybody. What? And then, like, I don't know, the blanket convinces them not to do it. And then they have to get back. And then the, the toaster decides, oh, like, the calculation doesn't work if I'm included. So I'll stay on Mars and all you can go back home. Oh. And There's like a fairy. No, it's a abandoned Christmas ornament angel uh, among the appliances. This ornament angel has ended up on Mars. And, yeah. And uh, she offers a sacrifice herself instead of the toaster. She's like, all she's ever wanted to do is go home and be on a Christmas tree. And then the toaster is like, OK, you go. Um, you should achieve that dream and I'll stay here because the toaster's super nice. But then uh, yeah, fuck my wife and kids. I forget how the, <laughs> the the angel ends up in the trash can. So when the master and his wife come out, I'm like, oh, what, what's this doing in our trash can? And I, yeah, it's like this it sounds like it's. How all did all over this movie like this needs to be a? How did this get made? Because I'm like, <laughs> who reads the script and says yes? Put animation talent on this and make it happen. And Then puts it on VHS because it's straight to VHS mm-hmm. in the 90s. I don't know
3: planned obsolescence. Did you what? what did he
2: just He's going to wash his fucking god. fucking god. Anyway, I don't know where he about learns about that kind <laughs> of language. I fucking know much either. About their, <laughs> toaster. Um, I also watched The Adams Family, the first one, um, cool. which I don't think I've ever seen in its entirety. Sure. Um, The first Addams
1: Family? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's um, a good film.
2: But I wrote down I told I had some point oh, yeah. to make about it. Um, you know, it's fun seeing Christopher Lloyd in that. And oh, yeah. That's like Raul Julia's second to last movie credit. Mm-hmm. Damn it. There's something really interesting about that movie, and I just didn't write that down. Uh, I watched Sky High for the first time. Hell, yeah. So, yeah. That
3: was good.
1: Yeah. Aww. The, the are, Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That, that's not what makes it enduring. <laughs> but uh, I,
2: I thought the end twist was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to talk about that other than like yeah that was pretty
3: pretty cool move that movie's got some good people in it yeah yeah kurt and bruce in the mary elizabeth uh, winstead it's It's a young mary elizabeth winstead cheesy
1: disney uh, superhero uh, affair like a lot of the red state kids too
3: (laughs) it's like it's like a time when disney would throw too much money at something that maybe didn't deserve it and something good came out of it
1: home on the range
3: it's like you know if if uh, what's that thing they have now the descendants right it uh, sure. just looks oh, yeah. looks they're, they're very they're made Disney for Channel TV. Fair, yeah. yeah. Like mm. yeah. Anyway.
2: Um I watched Kubo. Um Oh, Kubo and, and the
3: Two Strings. Kubo and the Two Strings. Beautiful yeah.
2: movie, but yeah. I don't know, the story just I I had a hard time getting through it. Sure. Like I watched I had to watch it a couple times to like pay attention and yeah. Um it seems like the beginning like it's it seems like there's two movies going on. Um I don't know. I don't huh. know how to explain it. Right. Um, it's a
3: gorgeous film, though. I really like it.
2: Let's see. I'm just gonna do a little movie stuff. Um, Kubo. I watched Batman Harley Harley Quinn the straight to DVD. It's okay. It's silly. Yeah, that's what I, th- I um, thought it was pretty fun. Like mm, actually, yeah. I
0: liked it. I think more than you did. Oh yeah, because it, it was just goofy.
2: Um, it's it's, it's not the pedigree of like, mm. some, some, but yeah, it's just goofy. Like if I'm sure if you like Harley Quinn, like it's tons of fun. Um, but it's weird hearing a different voice out of her again. Yeah. And then there's like that fart scene in the Batmobile. I still it's... think it's pretty funny. <laughs> if you just ignore it, it it's goes funny. away.
3: Ryan talked about that last week too. <laughs> uh.
2: Yeah, like it's like a mod, like it's got the humor of like a Batman sixty six, but with like the art style of the animated series. So it's, it's hard to like separate those two. Sometimes. And like pretty, pretty risque,
0: you know. I know. I, I, I love the Nightwing. Yeah, I love the joke though when he's like, "You like you've never had <laughs> did it with a super villain before." Yeah. <laughs>
3: She uh she has sex with um with what's his face in that in that Arkham movie too. Apparently, like oh, Deadshot. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: well, I think that's from the comics, so that's not like oh, okay. a surprise. Um, I also watched Brigsby Bear.
3: Oh, how'd you like it? Eh, <laughs>
2: it's like the the beginning is so great, and yeah. then it quickly like in the first five minutes becomes a movie that I didn't get from the advertisement. Oh, okay. Um, like the stuff with Mark Hamill. Has anyone else seen it? No, I haven't. Um, yeah, like the beginning is like fantastic and imaginative and like Mark Hamill's there and it like, it feels like the eighties and it's great. And then it becomes, um, like the aftermath of an abduction.
3: Okay. Um, an alien abduction or like stealing kids.
2: Stealing kids. Okay, right back. Yeah, you're good. Um, I forget the character's name, but he's Mark Hamill abducted and his wife abducted this kid like 20 years ago, and built a show for him to watch for I don't know why. Like they just he like wanted to entertain this kid and like like they're kind of kooky. So like their their vision of the universe is this weird explanation for it like they're trying to make him figure they're hoping the show can help him solve this mathematical problem that is like probably simple addition but it's got like the story attached to it so the movie makes you think it's like this huge mathematical thing that they're trying to fix okay uh, that's like gonna help society but it's really just like this over complicated simplify simple thing and then the anyway the police figure out that he's been abduct- they finally find him return him to his original family with like ha- with Matt Walsh and everything and so it, the rest of the movie is like them trying to adjust with like, Hey, we want this normal kid, but he's grown up in a very specific reality that he, he doesn't know anything else and he doesn't want to jettison it either. Like he wants to still live in the world of Brigsby bear. And so there's still one episode that Mark Hamill didn't get to do. So he spends the rest of the movie trying to create the Brigsby bear movie to be the last episode. So it becomes kind of like be kind, rewind, Where he's getting his friends together and just trying to complete this movie, and then dealing with his parents who wanted to be a normal kid, and uh, by the end they just kind of quickly accept, like, you know what? We've been pushing you to be like a sports-loving normal kid, and now we're you're we're just gonna live with the fact that you want to make movies because your movies, your ideas, and your movie thing is actually pretty cool. Um, So yeah, like, I'm
3: very confused.
2: Okay, I'm yeah.
1: following you it sounds interesting I'm wondering if the execution will work better for me than it did for you
2: yeah like 80% of the movie is after the abduction and him trying to adjust to normal society like what well, I kind of gathered
1: from the reviews so yeah, yeah
2: like and I liked the opening part where he was isolated in this bubble believing this show is real mm-hmm. um huh yeah and everything after that's awkward like a little lonely island humor stuff here and there um
1: sounds like fun though
2: like, probably the funniest parts is uh, they're trying to recreate this, uh, like, part of the new story is that there's, like, this device explodes, and everyone, you know, he's been doing some safe stuff, but he actually builds the bomb that explodes, <laughs> so they get in a ton of trouble for that, and, um, yeah.
4: Cool. Is, is I'll have to okay? check it out at some
2: point. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, everything's fine. Um. Yeah, so it's okay. It's, everyone's, you know, a lot of the reviews are like, best movie of the year, like, it'll change your life, and I'm like, eh. I want to see the beginning movie where he's doesn't. My get life rescued. is the
3: same. Yeah,
2: and it's super imaginative. And like, there's parts in the middle that, you know, <laughs> there's uh, like surreal recreations of like what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like in a Gondry way, I guess, but um, not enough to, to keep me interested. Sure. Okay, and then um, TV. So, <laughs> <laughs>
3: God damn it. <laughs> You watched the TV?
2: How was that? I watched whole seasons of TV, which is just Considering how busy I've been. Zach, I, do not
3: distract him. Let, let me, him get through this. Yeah, just stop commenting on things. Just let <laughs> me get through it. I'm just gonna stare at Brad while he talks.
2: Um, I've watched all like all of what Netflix has available for He-Man and Shira. <laughs> <laughs> like what all this happening to they, you? They don't have all. I think there's two or like. They have one season of each, but they're, like, 72 episodes each.
3: You've got a wild hair up your ass, I don't know. Yeah, well,
2: those I just, like, I play them and then, like, (laughs) half pay attention to while I'm working because the plots are all just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I also watched BoJack season four, BoJack Horseman season four. Oh, okay, cool. Which is such an interesting, like, I think the first season was more funny, but by the fourth season, it's so, like, a dissection of depression and... um not fame like dealing with the loss of fame and like trying to adjust to not having that attention anymore. Um, and like dealing with substance abuse and alcohol, like it's a very like sad introspective show and very sad a lot of the time. And like, I think it's like 10 episodes or something, but it's just, I remember the first season being being so wacky and like the the three and four just been like as Bojack Horseman like like, detaches from society more and more as he becomes kind of more of an isolated asshole. Yeah. Um, and like meaner to people. It's like, it really like a lot of the episodes for this season really get inside, like breaking down, like what makes him this way. Um, and they even go into like, dissect, dissecting the problems of other ancillary answer- like, like even his mom, his estranged mom has like an episode devoted to her um, aristocratic upbringing and how misogynist her father was. And like how that, has translated into her raising BoJack to be, you know, the way he is. It's really, really thoughtful. Huh. Um, and then I watched season seven of Walking Dead, so I'm all cut up on that.
3: Is it the most? Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, that's about like that's that was good. I'm I'm <laughs> not someone who read the comic book, so everything seems new to me. But um, uh.
3: Is that the one that was just on TV that actually has Negan in it, or is that the one where, like, at the end they were like, Negan's coming, where he kills somebody or That's something? That's
2: the one where they're dealing with consequences of Negan running the show. Oh, so, okay. And those, that was, like, I don't want to go too long with it, but, like, I'm I'm satisfied with it. Okay. Like, and I'm, you know, it ends with they're going to start a war with Negan because um, they kind of get one up, like, they get the best of him by the the last episode. Um, not without some casualties, but sure. Um, because that girl is on Star Trek Discovery now, <laughs> 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 which I was like, oh, she's probably dead before mm-hmm. um this season's out. Uh, um, fun. yeah. So, but I, I like, I, I, I want to know, like Negan's, like Jeffrey D. Morgan's portrayal of Negan. Like, I haven't read the books, so I. I don't know how close he is with it, but he's definitely like an interesting character in the show. My
0: wife thinks he, he's like super sexy.
3: He can't be very close because he can't say fuck that many times on AMC. Well, yeah. if you watch the Blu-rays, he, he says, "Oh,
2: on, well, yeah." I don't know if the Netflix version is what the Blu-ray gets, but does he I mean, say fuck in it? He says he doesn't say that. He, he doesn't say fuck, but he, he says a, like a lot of risque stuff for like. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I, I'm imagining myself watching this on AMC. Just mm-hmm. they just like dick and pussy and oh uh, he says yeah. that yeah
0: on the, the blu ray he does
3: he says like <laughs> fuck a lot and it's
2: it. like a lot of gross things of like mm-hmm. yep um, that's
3: that's when i stopped reading the book
2: yeah so yeah so that's cool and then i wrote off is this the last thing this is the last thing oh thank god i i wrote off the blacklist on season 3 oh yeah yeah um, i remember cuz you
3: got me watching it and then you told me it was bad and i stopped watching it
2: it was just it was just like By season three, um, you know, they had this great female lead character who seemed like strong and independent. And by season three, she's like back with her husband who was like leading a double life and he was also a spy um, and double crossed her and like ruined her life. And then she went back to him because he actually loved her the whole time and just like didn't understand.
3: It was so unnecessary. That show was good and they didn't need to do all that dumb shit.
2: Yeah. And then they have a kid together and then. Uh. Um like one of Red Reddington's help double crosses him and extradites them out of his life so they can lead a life without Reddington's influence. Um and so like, at that point it became and then her real dad because the whole show has been teasing that Red Reddington is her father right. for four seasons. Yeah. With like the most obvious shit of like yeah, he's probably her in a, dad.
3: In an Arrested Development kind of way. <laughs> yes, maybe your father is here. Yeah, but they still throw, like,
2: ridiculous red herrings out there to the point oh, where yeah. the end of season three ends with, like, there's this, I forget, his name's, like, Alexander or something. Some actual Russian guy is her father. So they go on this terror, and by at that point, like, he kidnaps her kid, or, like, her and Tom's kid. Um, and then it's, like, the first... I don't know. Six episodes of season four are globe trotting, trying to rescue this kid, um, and like, like I'm totally disinterested. But then Red kills uh, everyone. Ms- well, he kills Mr. Kaplan because she's the one who helped them get away from him in the first place, and he can't trust her anymore. And I'm just like, damn, that's cold. But I like understand like he's been pissed off before, but like she's been like integral part to how he's able to do all of the stuff he's able to do. Okay. And then by s- episode 10, holy shit, I'm back on board because... Oh, son of a bitch. It builds this new arc <laughs> after they solve the whole baby thing, get the baby rescued, whatever. <laughs> after they solve the baby. Yeah, like, it, it's just so, like, simple, trite, like, yeah. in my like, storylines, like, the obvious thing to, like, get ratings and stuff.
3: Yeah, it's like season four of Alias.
2: Um. Yeah. So Kaplan survives the the shooting, her, her own execution, and then like, they do so many things that make you forget about that. That when it comes back to bite him, it's like great. Okay. So,
3: can I just start watching it then?
2: Yeah, I would say just. Jump oh, okay. In.
3: All right. I could just skip like a season and a half of the show. Yeah.
2: Just know that uh, Red solves the problem with the Russian dad. Sure. <laughs> And uh, in the season, you finally—he finally, well, they still. Ca- in this season, they finally answer that question instead of like dragging it out even more. Okay. Um, but uh, they still like leave it open for him, <laughs> in, this, in the most annoying way. They still leave it open because it's under duress that he admits that he's course, her father. Of course. Of um, course. Yeah. Yeah. So.
3: And it could have also been a fever dream. We can always change this. It's like comic books. Yeah. Like
2: it's fucking. The show shit. has the most cop-outs of anything I've ever watched. Um, and the worst
3: character name ever, Red Reddington.
2: Well it's Raymond Reddington. It's but <laughs> that's a mouthful so they just call him Red.
3: They could just call him Red because his last name is Reddington. His first name could be Jack. Jack
0: Reddington. Yeah.
3: Already better.
2: <laughs> and I don't know. Like they also do a bunch of episodes that uh like don't have the main cast, like they go into the backstories of like Mr. Kaplan, like this like bottle episodes.
3: Yeah, that works great for Lost.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um explaining like who like Katarina, like her mom as the Russian spy, like you kinda get an insight of like what her deal is because at the end of the season you f- you kinda get a hint of why he has like kept the father secret from Elizabeth for so long. Um you, yeah, you kinda get closer to that hmm. little thing. I, I feel like because the list is a certain number of names, they probably had you know like twenty four, like they were guaranteed twenty four episodes a season. Um, I think like this like however many episodes exist within like five or six seasons like they're in season four so they kind of know they have to be close to the end no matter like where they're going um, to like fill out the list does that make sense yeah anyway halfway through season four becomes a great show again cool Um, I'm I'm back on for season five and the last thing is Kargan Sorrow won best prop at Mm -hmm. the 40 hour film festival film project so Which
3: prop did it win for?
2: Best use of a vinyl record, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What was it used for? Chopping off someone's dick?
2: <laughs> Playing music? Should have been. No, it's just the whole story no. revolves around the record, I guess. I you, don't know. You I don't did know a really good are, job using it. I don't know how these things are chosen. Like.
3: Uh, no, I, no, you did better no, than most I wasn't most asking
2: people. why
0: it was chosen. I was asking what it was used for.
3: Yeah.
2: It was used for. music. It, it's a device with an obscure song Ooh, that Guffin. attracts... Cool hipsters and absolutely then if you flip it over it sends hipsters away from you
0: nice yeah so,
2: i guess that's the best use of it
0: <laughs> great job Brett.
2: the best thing you can do with a vinyl record in 48
1: hours is to <laughs> just give it a hipsters.
3: <laughs> yeah. cool sounds good
1: zach right. right. uh, i only watched three things this week uh first of which was cardigan sorrow hey hey um dude that's my favorite of your films thus far 100%. But I'm going to take it a step further. I think that it's the best one you'll ever make. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I believe you. Uh, no, um, Time what I like about – So, like, Brad's done films before where he tr- he dips his toe into the action ring and whatnot. What I liked about Cardigan Sorrow uh, um, is that it's a very mellow film like th- that I'm used to from you. If that makes sense, no, it makes sense. It's the le-
2: least weird one.
1: Well, it, it, eh, weird's a relative term. I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the least the last weird one film. Had Hitler's brain that, being absorbed uh, into I, I know, head but to me that's also entertaining. So one like, time I watched the guy is, put drugs this, up his butt. I think in its own way, Cardigan Sorrow is is just as weird because it does. I mean, like you guys haven't seen it yet, have you? Oh
3: yeah, I was there at the premiere.
1: Okay, so yeah, so I'm I mean, a good like, friend. It's like it's a hipster invasion. Like they invade a house, like rodents, uh, d- rodents in a house, you know. And there's only one way to get rid of them, and it's through the record device. Um, but I I like the way it was. I, I love the way it was shot. It was like lit beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of it it actually like. I want to counteract what you told me a couple weeks ago. I felt it kind of flowed like a Wes Anderson movie. It just wasn't staged like a Wes Anderson movie. But, like, the dialogue flow was there. Um, The tone was there. It's just that... I think my um,
2: criticism was, like, I didn't really plan the shots that way until, you know, afterwards. Right. I really thought about, like, oh, yeah, I should have done this like Wes Anderson.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, like, coulda, woulda, shoulda, but, like, it still looked beautiful, you know? And I think it's, like, the most grounded thing you've done in terms of... If that's your definition of the weird versus I'd I'd less say it's weird. tame. Yeah, it is it's tame but it's necessarily tame and it's done with a purpose and I actually enjoyed it.
3: It's mature. As it, it, we as we mature, the films mature with us.
1: Shut up. Um <laughs> uh, no, I no, I I mean he's right. It probably is the most mature thing you've done. But however, like I I do think that like Jason and um john john were able to do with the script was like was really fun it was like a clever joke i i love how my favorites of your films tend to be a really good joke that has a great punchline at the end because you you are working within that short frame construct Mm -hmm. short filmmaking is really hard (laughs) because you have to be able to tell an entire arc within a set amount of time so yeah i'm writing
2: it we almost had two storylines going and like you know, at nine o'clock, I was like, "We gotta jettison one of these." Cause yeah, <laughs> it's way too much to cover right in six minutes. So yeah, so yeah, but I I totally dug it. John um, and Jason were bummed because uh, they said they got out hipstered because the other hipster movie won best. Oh, the hashtag writing. One? Yeah, I mean, it was good. It's just like, it's it's good. I thought it was um, funny that they felt like they were out I think hipstered.
1: the C- I think the CGI bear at the end was stupid, but whatever. That's just me. You could have done that easily with sound effects and been fine, but whatever. You know, you got to be ambitious. You know but i mean but they're not stranger studios so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Still a good film. Like i know the writer of the film and cuz she went to film school with me and she's very talented and that script is very good. So yeah. i just didn't like the CGI bear. That's all. You know. I don't think they're going to kill me over that. Um uh but yeah um i rewatched force awakens again after jj got announced to be our new director. Yeah guys he, he's it's going to be fine. Just just <laughs> chill the fuck out. God, like everybody whining on the internet. Um it's fun. I love that fucking movie. Um I was I think this time like I was more focused on um the newer characters and less on the legacy characters. Yeah. Which is strange for me to kind of switch into that mode, but I'm trying to do that for myself so that I can enjoy Last Jedi cuz I I have this feeling that like I mean Luke's obviously our only legacy other than Leia. But I don't feel like we're going to get a lot of time with Leia. Fuck Chewy, yeah. right? Chewy. Yeah, fuck Chewy. Can R2? 3 <laughs> no. do, do I have to list every one of them? <laughs> yeah. <No, laughs> Slice <because> Doodles! <laughs> because the
3: new characters are interesting and, and obviously the main characters of the series. Like, yeah, so,
1: yeah, so it was just interesting to see it from there. Um, But I also watched it with dirt. the commentary by JJ. Oh, yeah, it's um, good. For the first time. That was fun. Mm-hmm. That was very fun. What, what edition do you have? I have the 3D Collector's Edition. That's why I don't have the commentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also I didn't I hadn't watched the behind the scenes, the secrets of the Force Awakens. So I watched that. That was pretty cool to get some insight on the whole buyout thing and whatnot. It's barely covered, but it was enough for me to kind of like wrap my head around. Um, and then the last thing I watched was so I I as I usually describe I get stuff from uh, my work that's amazing. And guess what I got with all my uh vouchers that I had saved up at work? Herpes. The first season of Hogan's Heroes, which is better than Herpes. Um <laughs> God, hope but so. barely. Doesn't <laughs> well, burn as much. Oh uh, yeah. Anybody doesn't Damn. know this? Damn. Yeah. What, was that a Holocaust joke? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I didn't even read that one. Thank
0: oh,
4: you, Brad.
0: <laughs> if only everyone else are as sick as me and Brad. <laughs> so
1: I'm going to clear this That's up, terrible. though. I'm, I'm going to clear this up, though, and ruin Ryan's joke. It's not a concentration camp, guys. It's a POW camp.
0: Yeah, because you can't say
3: concentration camp. That's I don't,
0: on television. Funny. Yeah.
3: I don't think that they had POWs. I haven't seen this many ribs since Tony Roma's. <laughs> yeah, I think they just murdered everyone. Uh... James. Hey, 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 hey! don't tell me about your history, man. I have my own, my own facts, okay? Alternative I have my facts? own facts? Yes. Anyway, go ahead. How's all good Oh Well,
1: so, like, it's weird. Like, I had not watched it as thoroughly as I thought I had. I always thought they were trying to escape each episode. That's not their end game, and I think that's why I think this show is genius. Their go- job is to stay in the prison and sabotage the war effort from as far as they can um, and help other prisoners who have an even more important mission – that get sent to the camp. They have to get them out um, without breaking the Stalag 13 record of no escapes. Um, and it and it doesn't hurt that they have two of the most inept Nazis on the planet running that camp. I mean, Klink is a glory hound and Schultz is just in denial because he doesn't want to lose his job. So it's, it's funny as fuck. Like, I was laughing my butt off. I think, and some weird is that there's always been a debate from stuff that I've watched of like, you couldn't do Hogan's heroes again today. And I have, I don't, I think I have a strong enough argument yet for why that's wrong, but I still believe that you could do that concept, but you'd have to, you'd have to tread very lightly (laughs) because like there's certain, there's just certain things about that show that are very dated uh, in terms of its humor, but also in terms of like, how they approach certain elements like the schultz character is very fascinating because he's not he doesn't i don't think he's a nazi i think he's just a guy who has to hold down a job because he's got a shit ton of children to feed And so it's like it's weird it's go ahead and
0: step into this oven here i have lots of children to feed
1: (laughs) again pow camp not a concentration camp
0: oh uh, uh, yeah it might be hot in there but if you take off all your clothes it works better
1: I'm, I'm again like this is like this again they are my name is
3: Schultz <laughs> Hogan
1: please um, again like I'm not defending the, the any the
3: stands for super serious <laughs> I'm
1: not defending Nazis here I'm I'm saying as as characters they are much more interesting then meets the eye on him, but I'm, at the end of the day, they are Nazis running a POW camp, I'm, so they still are your villain. I'm,
3: re- I'm really glad we got you to clarify you're not defending Nazis. Yeah.
1: It's more than President Trump did. Way, way to take a side. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: that what? was topical. That was that was the best joke you've made in weeks. What years
1: was that show on? 1965 to 1971. So, can you imagine, like... It's 20 years removed from the war, so it's like... So it's okay that 20? Nazis no, it's, are no, it's funny? No, no. no that's no, the thing. I don't know if it is. 45,
0: oh,
2: 65? 45, 55, 65. 20 years, so that's like...
0: it's weird <laughs> The Iraqi that, war. Huh? It's like the Iraqi war. Saddam's fun house!
3: <laughs> 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 oh my god, You're raising oh, all
1: yeah.
3: terrorists there. <laughs> did did Kelly just call jihad?
1: <laughs> again, like, I I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if, if you guys have ever watched the show. Like, you watch the show, if you watch it within the context of when it was released, it is funny. But I understand why people are offended by the concept. Nowadays. That's what I'm trying to wrap my head around.
2: Because, like, I'm like imagining, like, if I was watching it today, and, like, so World War II would have been, like, when I was just out of high school. Mm-hmm. Like, that just seems so
1: recent. It, it's, it's I, I know. And, again, like, but... It, <laughs> Again, it, it is taking it within context, and like again, I have a weak argument for why it could work today. I don't. I don't say it's strong.
0: Zach, funny is funny. It doesn't matter what is right or wrong.
3: That's part of the.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: that was awesome.
0: <laughs> that was so good. Well, you know, oh, man, every once in a while, uh,
3: we're funny. I know, funny guys. Who's on,
1: who's on first, Ryan? <laughs> oh. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Hogan's Heroes. You he done? No, but just, <laughs> I, I, I think it's I think it's still a funny show. Um probably not as funny as what ended up happening to Bob Crane, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> Watch autofocus, guys. It's interesting. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's all I watched <laughs> this week. Sorry, Greg Kinnear, who Sweet. was the Briggsie Bear?
3: James. Uh yeah, just a couple things. Uh I started watching the new season of Halt and Catch Fire this week and that show is good. Um Lucky. Yeah. Uh I just always buy it on Amazon so that the episodes come out as they come out, you know. Uh, oh, it is also funny. Last week I talked about how good Rick and Morty is this season, and then this last week's episode—not we're recording this on on Monday, so not last night's episode, but the week before—is maybe my least favorite episode ever. Uh, but still, that that show is good as well. Um, got a chance to go see or to to rent uh, Tom Cruise's The Mummy, which nice. I had missed this this year. Uh, um, did you miss it? Yeah. <laughs> that movie is not as good as Sahara. Uh, okay. shit no that's not what I meant um, that movie's okay it's got some fun stuff in it it's kind of a just a pile of like rejected Tom Cruise movie scenes that they sort of tape together and put a mummy in um, it's not great I really would like to see more of them like, like some of the universe they're setting up I was like okay I want to see like them try to fight a creature from the Black Lagoon or something I think Bride of Frankenstein's um, the next one I want to see. Oh, is it? Dr. Okay.
2: Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde be like um, Nick Fury and yeah, assemble a team of Universal Monster Avengers.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, to you? fight the Nazis. I
3: don't. <laughs> I don't love their version of Hi- like. I like Russell Crowe's performance as Hyde, but I don't love like the CG and. The, oh yeah, we yeah. said like that the, too. It's like, oh, he's like. He's slightly... He's pimply. He, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got acne. His skin <laughs> breaks out and he growls at you. Like, what, what Russell Crowe does is great. And honestly, I feel like if you hadn't done anything to him, it would have been fine. Um, But then, like, the plot itself is so convoluted and weird, and I don't understand why. I know my 4K is sitting at home waiting to be watched. Because I, I like You're the... part cur- of the problem. <laughs> like, I, it was pleasant to me that Tom Cruise was playing, like... A bit of a rapscallion, like somebody you don't really like, and then he has to sort of prove himself. And and even though it's like the the most tame version of that it can be, because it's Tom Cruise, like it was still like, oh, okay, this isn't just Tom Cruise in a Tom Cruise movie, you know? Oh, so don't um, forget Jake Johnson. Similar, similar to. Uh, oh, that's probably the weirdest part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, the Jake Johnson stuff. Why is he well. alive at the end? <laughs> well, because he's American like American Werewolf in London is all it
2: reminded screen, me of. Off screen,
0: he made a deal to bring him back.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like, thank you for
3: bringing me back. But why hey, are we here? No, it's really up. It's really easy. Hey, Tom Cruise, do you have any other friends? No? (laughs) Then bring me back to life. Like, who's going to go on dumb adventures and call in airstrikes for you or whatever? I don't understand what his job is. Why couldn't he just be a thief? Why does he have to work for the military, but then also be a? Thief? He's a he's a rogue, dude. It's very bizarre. He's part of the rogue nation. It doesn't matter. Some some stuff. Wow. Some <laughs> stuff happened. It was okay. I he l- adheres
1: to Ghost. This protocol. impossible
2: mission to resurrect Universal Monsters.
3: <laughs> are they still making the next one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. they well,
1: are. Hopefully, um, hopefully. Not, we'll I don't think Kur- it. I don't think Kurtzman's going to be involved in shaping that universe no, anymore. Yeah. But
0: I think it's. I think they still will. I. Because they already have the like, cast, I think, and everything. I think I mean, everything's lining up, right? To me, it's not a director. Uh,
1: I think they're trying to still get Angelina Jolie on it. I don't know. I don't I'm know. interested. I, uh, it, it, to I mean, it'd be cool.
3: To me, it's not a director issue. It's a it's a script issue. Like That script is just so full of nonsense you don't need. Well, um, I, I say it's
0: the same problem that DC had in yeah. um, Batman Superman. You're building a world that you don't need to build, they should have let the mummy exist as the mummy.
3: Yeah, because the the premise of making Tom Cruise a super... Spoilers for the mummy. The premise of, hey, by the end, Tom Cruise is a weird half-god mummy thing with crazy make-out powers is pretty cool. Um, well, I think too some, I of, this, I I think some of the horror scenes
0: are really good. The scene where yeah. they're in like the moor and uh, the mummy is like... Uh, eating people. I think it's really great.
3: Yeah. Some of the swimming, yeah. like so, some of the swimming zombie things are cool. Yeah. They have um, ideas there. I don't some think it's of a the total CGs uh, for some, like the movie started and like, as soon as they find her sarcophagus and they pull it up and I'm watching this at home on a TV. So take it with a grain of salt. But like that was maybe the first real element of CG in the movie is they, they CG the sarcophagus getting pulled up and all the water. And I was like, why the fuck is this fake? Couldn't you afford like well, a soft water? It's and... Mercury, right? no, 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 it's, it's mercury. It's, Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. She,
0: she's encased in mercury because it.
3: Oh, the the Egyptians encased yeah. her in mercury. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's the
2: only thing that'll hold the powers at bay. Yeah. Well, it
3: looks super fake and weird. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, I I guess yeah. All right. That I I just thought it was like water at first as I'm watching it. And I'm like, why does this look <laughs> terrible? Um, so maybe that's why. Okay. Like it's um, really shiny water. <laughs> yeah, because then the rest the rest of the CG was pretty okay. Well, like was pretty good. You know, I mean, certainly better than like the Brendan Fraser movie CG, but the Brendan Fraser movie is fucking dope. Like that movie has a a beginning, and a middle, and an end, and some action scenes that go (laughs) between them. Like it's pretty, it's pretty okay. You're saying it's a movie. I'm just saying that the Mummy kind of doesn't have some of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, you know, it's it's fine. Why does my water
1: taste like quarters? Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
3: And then the very last thing is I watched a. Sci-Fi Channel original film from 2004 that stars uh, Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal and Rebecca Ferguson uh, called Life. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of this movie. Um, the Venom movie? Yeah, this With is... Tom Hardy in it? This is the worst movie I've seen this year. Really? This movie made me so angry so often that I was violently shouting at the television. Um, so the first 20 minutes or Dan, <laughs> no, he kept coming in every now and then. Cause he, he'd already seen it. He saw it in theaters. Uh-huh. And so he comes in, I'm about 10, 15 minutes in. Um, and he's like, Oh, you're watching life. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty good so far. He goes, yeah. And I just paused it. And so the, the little navigation bar was up and he points about 25 minutes in, 20 minutes in and goes, I liked it up to about here. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. Um, and sure enough, like right about then is, you know, if you've seen the trailer, it's, it's about, um, about, I don't know, there's maybe six or seven astronauts on the International Space Station. It's, It's, it's slightly in the future, you know, 10 years in the future. And they've, they've gotten this satellite back from Mars and it was damaged on the way back. And so they, and they don't know why. Um, and so it starts and Ryan Reynolds has to catch it with a robot arm. And right then, I was like, "Guys, this isn't how space works. That's not. This isn't what we do, guys." Um, and they're like having this weird conversation, as if to say, "Like, oh, if you don't deflect it, like if you don't grab it, you better make sure you deflect it because it's gonna crash on the Earth and kill people." And I'm like, "Okay, what is this movie? This is weird." And so, of course, Ryan Reynolds catches it with his robot arm or whatever—big uh, robot arm, giant robot arm. Not like he's not like the Winter Soldier, um, <laughs> and. And of course he catches it and that goes away and now it's just astronauts talking in space and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Uh, I'm back in, like that was a dumb beginning and you don't understand how things collide in space but whatever. Um, and they, they end up like finding this this tiny little amoeba on the ship that it caught up, it caught it from space mm-hmm. and and then like, there's this sequence where they're talking about what they should do and and then everybody on earth is celebrating the fact that they've discovered life in in outer space and So there's a party down on earth?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, like okay. like there's
3: even there's actually a scene where like the some kids are on like you know live with regis and kelly and they're from like the some co- some school and they were they were chosen to name the thing and so they name it like clifton or some shit i don't remember um <laughs> McBoatface. face uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> buddy, uh, so they name it yeah, it's like clifton or something it's named after somebody famous i can't remember but carlton so they name it carlton and <laughs> um and there's this one guy who's like his job is to go in and, and basically poke it with his rubber glove and see what it does Um, and so there's a lot of scenes where they just go in and he pokes it with a rubber glove. And over time he sort of falls in love with Carlton. And he's like, Oh man, guys, we can't hurt Carlton. And you're like, what the fuck is this? This is weird. And this is why
2: the amoebas attack us.
3: Yeah. So basically this amoeba doesn't grow anything like normal things. And then it it gets bigger and bigger and it turns into like a tiny little squid. And then like it grabs his hand and breaks his hand like in a very Prometheus kind of way. But then when it crushes his hand, like he falls into a coma or some shit and that doesn't make any sense. Um, and at this point, like, Dan came in again, and, he, and I was like, this is getting real dumb. And he goes, huh, yeah, it's going to get a lot worse. Uh, and I was like, well, it can't be that bad. It's really bad. So <laughs> this is a movie that exists. Like, I, I have to believe that the people making this don't know that Alien or the Thing exists and, and also believe that, the, that if those things did exist, they would be better in complete daylight. Um, cause nothing about this film is scary. Like you end up basically they're they're getting terrorized by this octopus. It's about the size of a normal octopus. Um, they keeps like escaping, uh, but it escapes in ways that don't make any goddamn sense. Like it'll escape into the fire extinguishers in the system or in, in the space shuttle, which by the way, the, the international space station is built in segments. So like they don't, they don't have like a whole bunch of tubes that connect them. You know, so it's not like there's like little vents you can escape into and now you're anywhere in the space station. Like that, it doesn't work that way. I'm fairly um, sure
1: they were high and didn't care when they wrote it then.
3: It doesn't matter. Uh, these characters make continually the worst choices they can make in the most embarrassingly bad horror film kind of trope of like, oh, we, there's literally a moment where a woman ha- she's outside. And the the octopus has gotten onto her. Like, she goes outside, I think, to kill it, and she fails, obviously. So the octopus, like, crushes part of her suit and releases the coolant from her astronaut suit into her suit. So she starts drowning in coolant inside her helmet. Now, first of all, what coolant in an astronaut suit for outer What are we cooling? Anyway, it doesn't matter. There's no coolant. And there's certainly not enough coolant to drown a human being um so she's like drowning in her suit and it's on her and jake gyllenhaal's on a door and and also the door has to be opened from the inside and the outside at the same time so he's trying to open the door and and she's actively trying to close it and i'm like this doesn't make any this isn't how space doors work but whatever um and she's like trying to close it to keep him from letting her back in because he wants she's like no i'm gonna die so that it doesn't get back in but then she just dies right up next to it, so it crawls back onto the space station and gets back in. She doesn't take the opportunity to jump into outer space or anything. Like no one does anything that makes any damn sense in this film. She jumps Meanwhile, into outer space. cowabunga! It's the stupidest monster thingy. It's never cool and scary. It makes no sense from point to point. At one, oh 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 oh, this is the only movie with astronauts in it that didn't even bother to cast someone to vo- voice Houston. These people are in the International Space Station, and no one ever gives them directions from Earth. No one ever calls them as like, "Hey, hey guys, it's Houston." Um, is everything going alright? Why don't you just eject that part of the two of <laughs> of the space station and let it burn up in the sun? Because we'll this loss. is clearly bad. <laughs> no, at one point, Houston sends a whole nother space. Spoilers for a shit film. At one point, a an, an ejection pod. From a different space station, apparently, shows up and starts pushing the International Space Station into outers into deep space because that's the that's like Houston's decision. They didn't call anybody and say anything. They were just like, "Hey guys, I know we spent like four billion dollars on this thing, but can we just push it into the outer like way way out into space? Because clearly this thing's this thing's bad. Um, it's just awful. Oh oh, I forgot to mention. Um um so. So when the guy falls into the coma, right? Like Ryan Reynolds is like I'm I'm gonna save him. So he opens the door even though he shouldn't and he jumps in there and he grabs the the guy in the coma and throws him out the door and then like before he can get out, the octopus like grabs onto his leg or something and then he somehow he he like gets it off. I may have this a little out of order, but like then they're like, "Oh, here you got to kill it." And he's like, "How do you guys su- suggest I kill it?" One of them says, "Use the disintegration gun." I Fucking kid you not. And he gets out a it's small. Like In the Martian, yeah, he gets out a small flamethrower and starts using a flamethrower inside of the International Space Station, and he's terrible at it. And people keep yelling like, "Hey, stop!" because he's using a flamethrower inside the space station. Oh, but it's it, it looks. I mean, it, it effectively is a flamethrower, but it sounds like a ray gun from the future. Like it, it's so terrible. This movie, uh, like especially about oh. So I didn't get... This is, here's the best part. Here's the best part. Here's the part where 100% for sure, this is a sci-fi movie, a sci-fi channel original movie from 2004. So at the end, spoilers for life. Don't fucking waste your time with this piece of shit. I'm glad I only paid 99 cents. Um, at the end, like he, Jake Gyllenhaal and his wife, Rebecca Ferguson, are the only people left. And he's like, okay we're going to distract it and I'm going to be the bait and you're going to get in the escape pod and you're going to go down to earth and I'm going to get in the other escape pod and I'm going to go way the fuck out into space because this thing can never make it back to earth. And you're like, okay. And they take off, but like the, the two escape pods are right next to each other. And one of them ran, ran, runs into like some debris out there in space. And then while he's in the one escape pod with the octopus thingy, um, the octopus thingy starts like attacking his hand and trying to take control of the joystick and shit. Right. Um, but he, you know, he ends up drifting off way off into space and then Rebecca Ferguson, like she reenters the atmosphere and she lands, right? Except that the way they've cut it, they have misled you. So that when the, the Cambodian fishermen get over to rescue the Rebecca Ferguson out of her ship, they look through the window and it's Jake Gyllenhaal because You were seeing it was cut in a. You see when you saw the spaceship going into space, that was actually Rebecca Ferguson, and then you see Rebecca Ferguson screaming, and then it cuts to the the credits where they play Bandstand in the Sky, because it's a Sci Fi Channel original film from two thousand four. Where
2: did their plan go wrong? Like how did her trajectory? She hit some debris,
3: and then and she went into space, and the the the. And his the, goal was to also go into space. His, but he well, still his, managed to go. Her goal to was to go to Earth, but she hit debris and went into space. I his goal that. was to go to to go into space, but the octopus used like got it on his hand and ship re- uh, it and it it landed itself cuz the whole thing is that it, it kept getting smarter. I mean, it did get smart enough to just fucking like, you know, go get the disintegration gun and kill them all. This movie is awful. Yeah. I would rather watch Underworld Blood Wars again. My Speaking no. of what I watched this, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just in
2: the trailers, I was like, I'm pretty, they've made this movie before, right? Oh. <laughs> and it oh, sounds you like
3: we just
1: heard a confirmation of that. It's so
3: frustratingly bad. At one point, I literally yelled, why did any of you sign up for this goddamn piece of shit? Like, it's embarrassing how stupid this film is. Um, yeah. it's It's actually insulting. Like it's insulting to you as an audience member as you watch that film.
2: Between Alien Covenant and this movie, I just had no idea that our scientists were so stupid.
3: Oh, Alien Covenant is so much more interesting than this film. Uh, the scientists are still dumb. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but these scientists are not just dumb. Like these scientists are dumber than dumb. They're a special kind of dumb. They're a special, special kind of dumb. Don't 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 hurt him. It's so bad.
2: What did you watch, Ryan? Ryan?
0: <laughs> uh, I just watched a few things. I watched the the new Ducktales. It's really funny. You should check it out. Oh, cool. There's this. They go on this. Uh, their first mission. Launchpad shows up and uh, Huey yells at him and says, "Fly this plane." He says, "Okay, kid. I just met who's really bossy." And things like that. It's really <laughs> funny. Um, and Launchpad's talking to him at the end of the mission. He's like, wow, well, I'm really glad I'm part of the team. Oh, there's the ground, and he crashes the plane. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, and I also watched the new Spider-Man cartoon on uh disney xd and it's it's really good it's what's it called it's called spider-man oh okay now uh, they ditched the ultimate spider-man like marvel team-up kind of thing and they made it more traditionally like, the first few episodes he's in uh basically a spider-man homecoming outfit uh homemade spider suit and then oh they, sure. they integrate kind of new stories into his backstory and kind of make it like a new generation like they do all the time spider-man um it's fun the guy who plays spider-man is really great um I, I watched uh, Patriots Day, which is the, oh. the Mark Wahlberg Boston Marathon bombing movie, directed yeah. by Battleships Peter Berg. And, and Peter Berg. And, I love Peter Berg. Oh yeah, the movie's actually pretty good. Cool, uh, he's a good filmmaker. Yeah, no, he's I think he's a pretty great filmmaker, yeah. and he he does really good uh, watching this and even whatever you think about Lone Survivor, you know, it, he does create tension really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he creates suspense and action really well. Yeah, uh, and I mean if you know the Boston Marathon bombing, it starts as the bombing and then it's the manhunt. And I mean, John Goodman's in it. Kevin Bacon. Uh, so it's and Mark Wahlberg's kind of put front and center, but it's more of an ensemble piece. Oh, okay. Uh, Mark Wahlberg actually plays a fictional part of it, where he kind of just uh, he's just like the everyday cop.
3: Is he the most? Is he like the biggest star in it? Like, he, he's, yeah, he's the most the most I mean, bankable. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's why I think he's front and center. Yeah, okay. Uh, he's probably
0: there to be, like, the vessel for the audience.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. So he's. Oh
3: yeah, does he do a lot of, like, things happen and he goes, or oh, that's terrible.
0: Yeah, he tries to, he, like I say, he's like the common cop. Like, he's yeah. just working there. He's put on light duty because he hurt his knee. And he just happens to be at the finish line when the bomb goes off and, so he's directing on what to do, and there's lots it's it 's actually a pretty cool movie cool uh, the, my actually couldn't stop laughing at this part, so if you know the story the the guys who detonated the bomb actually carjacked this Chinese kid who was in america he's an exchange student, mm-hmm. and he's was integral to like pointing out who they were and how they found him, and so they carjack him and they pull him to this gas station, and the the Chinese student realizes there's an opportunity to leave so he opens the door he's like fuck you motherfuckers and he like (laughs) (laughs) and I couldn't stop laughing for like 10 minutes Uh, and so yeah if you want to see a pretty good true life story that's a. I i think it suffered a lot like united 93 suffered yeah where it came out i think three or four uh, four years after the bombing and i think it's still kind of fresh yeah uh but it doesn't take away from the pretty good filmmaking oh, would you, would I you feel s- like united 93 didn't suffer oh no i think united 3 is one well of the, I, yeah. I love that film, but it's but.
3: It, no no it's it's uh, what ryan's saying is it's fresh enough that like i don't want to see it mm-hmm. oh. yeah right like yeah, exactly. would you okay. would you say it's respectful
0: oh yeah okay cool yeah i mean uh they do I, mean, his, I assumed so. I mean one of the victims was a poor little eight year old boy and yeah. they kind of pay like a really nice respect to him. And I mean John Goodman's great in it. Uh, John Goodman's great. Yeah, he's a great actor. Uh I also watched um actually the last thing I watched was I watched Ouija. Um a Ouija. Or Ouija, uh however you want to pronounce it. Uh the first one oh, you Has- mean
3: Mattel's
0: Ouija. Hasbro's yeah. Hasbro's <laughs> Ouija, yes, right. I, I, Ouija i i wanted to because i know the second one was directed by the guy who did um oh mike flanagan why i can't remember what he directed anyways um he's a pretty good horror director and the first one i knew wasn't very good but i heard the second one was really great so i watched the first one because it came in like a two movie set and it was just pretty bad uh it's 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 suffers from the supernatural PG 13 things. I hate where it goes, Oh, here's a jump scare. Oh, and here's this, uh, uh, blah, blah. you know, the, the specters move like that jerky movement. Yeah. That's not scary to me. Um, I, I so it, whatever
1: it's anxiety writing for me, but it's yeah. not scary. <laughs> um,
3: Oculus hush before I, Week. yeah,
1: uh,
0: Oculus and hush. Hush okay. is pretty good. Mm. If it's on Netflix, it's about a lady who's deaf and she's being terrorized by home invader. I uh, definitely check out hush. Um, yeah, so I mean whatever. It's a stupid PG thirteen movie and you get so Are we see, talking about the first one still or The second first one. Okay, I haven't right, seen sorry. the second one yet. Uh, so okay. 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 Yeah. So the 2nd i we've
2: seen it as I was like actually impressed that it's decent.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I remember you saying that, so we'll see. Um you don't need to see it. This one's like it's dumb. Trying to be scary and not being scary is the worst thing in the world.
1: I find it weird that Hasbro owns the rights to Ouija board when the Ouija board is actually a construct that's been around for d- centuries. Yeah, I
0: think my kid's gonna fall asleep. <laughs> it's late for him. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I don't watch too much this week. But yeah, see Patriots cool. Day. Uh, the other stuff, no. <laughs> uh, this week on Real Nerds podcast, we went and saw Mother. Brad, should people see Mother
2: uh, after they go around town? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh
3: no one yeah, cares. Brad, yeah, what's, what's going on, around on town?
2: Um, at the Esquire this weekend, they're doing Shaun of the Dead. Mm, I carry uh, that. That's that's a pretty good choice. Uh, and then the drive-in there is recycling. Um, Atomic Blonde, It, and Annabelle Creation.
0: Oh, that's actually not a bad lineup. Yeah. So
2: I haven't seen It yet, so I'm gonna try and nice. Drive oh, cool. In that. Yeah. I'm worried. That, like the projector's so dark. Is that a like a dark visually movie? No, uh, it's not actually. No. no, I
3: mean there's there's a few sections, but it's not. Um, I don't think it's
2: gonna hinder the experience. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and then the Emerging Filmmakers Project is Thursday. So cool, cool. And the new th- new screen and projector and sound system are up and running. So um, cool, it's gonna be way awesome. Nice. If you come out to the bug and spend five bucks to watch Emerging Filmmakers,
3: you could go watch it there. Eventually, you know what's funny is right now since you've got the red mic, the way you were holding your head, it looks like you have oh, a clown like nose, Pennywise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate this.
2: Okay, yeah, and then uh.
0: What did we see this week? I uh, we saw Mother, Brad. Mother. People see Mother.
2: <laughs> I'm so baffled. Like for a lot of the movie, I was really super bored. Um, and I had an interpretation of it that I liked. As I was trying to figure out, like, why is this movie like this? <laughs> um, and then I heard James's interpretation, and I'm pretty sure his is like spot on. So I immediately got way more disinterested in <laughs> the movie. Um, mm, sorry. So it's super weird. I. You have to have like a very specific te- kind of taste to like this movie. I don't think I'd ever want to watch it again. It's it's definitely creative. Um, if 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 what they're trying to go for is what James is, is going to say later in the podcast, <laughs> um, like there's there's some very ambitious artsy stuff going on that I can appreciate. But at the end of the day, like I just didn't give a shit about any of it,
1: so I'll never yeah. see it again. Exactly.
3: <sighs> this
1: movie. So I'm gonna be very clear. I wasn't the biggest fan of this film, but I think you should see, should go see it. Um, I my personal opinion was it would have been cheaper for me to break into a hotel room, Whoa. steal a Bible, Whoa. and smear it in uh, blood.
3: Careful, careful.
1: I don't know. I don't think that's spoiler.
0: I, well, I also don't. Okay, James, yeah. should uh, should people see this movie?
3: Yeah, um, this movie is really tough because it's hard to talk about the movie without revealing what it is. I think the marketing for this movie is pretty terrible. Um, That's yeah. uh, so. I, like, if you see the trailer and you go, "That looks really interesting," you are probably not going to like the movie, or you know, um, but or at least that would be my my expectation. Um, I think this movie is really fascinating. I think it's 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 saying something interesting. I like thinking about this movie. Um, so it's kind of like, to me, this, this has like, like 10% of that neon demon effect where like, I listen I think about it a lot, but I don't necessarily enjoy watching it. Um, very you know, my biggest fear going into it was, um, was that it would be very much like, like, uh, black swan where like w- very quickly I'm going to realize what you're doing and then I'm just going to be annoyed because I just have to wait till you reveal that, yes, that's what you're doing this movie is similar in that 20 minutes in, I know what's happening. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just waiting for you to say that's what's happening. But I also think that some of what it's saying and some of what it's doing is kind of interesting and cool to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, all of that is to say, I have no idea if you should see this movie. I, I mean, you know, it's a very divisive film. I think you need to know going in that it's super artsy and weird. And that this movie is not just a straight up psychological thriller. Um, I would almost say that what's worth seeing. I would almost say that what you should do is listen to our review, which is going to be very spoilerish, and then go see it, because I don't know that the reveal is the reason to see this movie. I think that the performances, the the way the story is told, and then sort of the argument the movie is making it stands on its own. Which is a very long answer to say I don't know, because it's a weird ass film. I'm a, I'm super curious to find out, Ryan, whether or not you think people should see this
0: movie. Um, I actually kind of enjoyed the film for the most part. I, I, yeah. I, what I will say is I like that you always were with Jennifer Lawrence's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the camera never left her. Yeah, you were left in the dark, she you were experiencing what she was experiencing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I also think it's very um, interpreted very different ways. I don't believe it's actually a. Um, the religious overtones in it. Um, I, I, I have a different opinion about what happens in it, and I think that's why it's hard for me to tell people if they should see it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Actually, on Letterboxd, I did give it four stars because I think the performances and what it's trying to say is very interesting. Yeah, A lot of films don't try to do it, and I think that's why I can always say about Darren Arono- Darren Aronofsky is his films will always make you think. You might not agree with him. You might not like what he has to say. But you still are fascinated by what's happening.
1: That's why I say you should go see it. Yeah. and you and, have to make up your mind. It,
3: I just don't know who I'm recommending
1: to. Yeah,
0: it I don't to. know. I would never That's tell my mother to watch yeah. this movie. I would never tell my father to.
3: I immediately spoiled everything for them and just explained the whole thing. Because I was like, this is really interesting and you will hate this movie.
0: Um, I would. like Someone like my cousin Lisa, i say, would go see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because yeah, Because she, That's a good she likes it, stuff like this. But yeah so you I, uh, know that yeah exactly yeah. so right. it's, yeah, it's
2: I, you know her taste exactly like, like the only person I, th- I would recommend this to is henry exactly <laughs> who loved it yeah. <laughs> who loved it yeah and
0: yeah so yeah. i when we get to the, uh, the spoiler parts i'll say why i don't believe it's the religious angle of it um and uh yeah here's a trailer for mother we're gonna fight we spend
1: all our time here i want to make a paradise
0: She
4: redid all of it. Every last detail. And she breathed life back into every room. Are you happy? I love you.
2: Please, come in. Hello.
0: Hello. We're just gonna let him sleep in our house. Hello. Hello. Did you know he had a wife? (gasps) He has pictures of you in his luggage.
2: What were you doing in their luggage?
0: What do they want?
4: help
1: you. They've come here to see me. Come quick! You're insane. You're insane. All I'm trying to do is bring life into this house. Open the door to new people, new ideas. I'm so sorry.
4: Give and you give and you give. It's just never enough. No!
1: To be clear, though, I don't think that the religious angle is the only angle it's going for, because I also have an alternate title for this film, and it's called that time I married Darren Aronofsky.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, what, what I, uh, James will, uh, I'm sure if I this, what I actually believe this is, is I think it's an artist trying to come up with an idea for everybody to like. And when he comes up with it, everybody likes it. And it's the isolation who, with people with him hmm? that don't share the joy that other people have for it. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's, it's like,
1: Resentment. Yeah.
0: Resentment. And it's like, uh, to me, it, watching it, it's, it's almost like a, a, not, not an autobiography for him, but how he feels being married to uh, Rachel Vice. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's yeah. That's yeah, that's that's again, her, right? I married yeah, number yeah, number yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's like, oh, you know, everybody wants me to do something great, but I don't have anything great to say right now. Yeah. Oh, I have something great to say. Here's uh, the birth of my child, and all you guys are going to do is... Um, desecrate it and end up eating it and not appreciate what I just gave to this earth. Yeah. Um, and that's how I interpret it. I can see the, uh, the religious part behind it because you get the creator, him, mm-hmm. you get the mother. There's a, there's a scene where they have sex and then the next moment she's pregnant, she knows it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little, yeah. And then it just goes to chaos.
1: I, 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 I by the I, way, if you're a pregnant lady, don't go to this movie. No. Just don't do it.
3: Uh, no, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Um, now, I also think that what you're saying is the movie is 100% laid on top of the the Genesis story. Like, oh no, I structurally agree. that's exactly what it I is. I agree. And I think that the the straightforward version of um, the the reason I like this movie more than Black Swan is actually sort of what you're saying, which is you know yes, this movie on its face is is a biblical allegory with Environmentalist's leanings, Great. and that is a a one hundred percent a a correct and legitimate reading of the film. But I think that there's also a layer of this as somebody who you know we talked about this. Zach and I talked about this for probably twenty minutes in the car on the way to see the movie. Um, I'm a huge fan of The Fountain, and my reading of Darren Aronofsky is that he made The Fountain. It is his masterpiece. It is a brilliant film that even if you go back and read Roger Ebert's review at the time, Roger Ebert still misinterpreted that film like he made this brilliant thing that it took us a decade to actually unpack and figure out like oh this is what was really going on and you know and once you understand all the moving parts of the fountain like you watch that movie and you're like this is awesome and and i think darren aronofsky's films ever since have very much been him in a sort of sad depressing way reacting to the fact that he's either dumbing his films down for people which is what i think black swan is um i think he's he's and this is a movie where he's created this beautiful thing and no like you said nobody appreciates it and and it ends up just being like well shit i'm i'm this guy sitting over here trying to do something great and um and when i do because there's there, are, there are, i think in, there are interpretations of this film in which Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence are actually two sides of the same person um which i think is again a very like that about 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, I was like, oh, they're both God. Um, like one of them was this sort of wrathful but creative side of God and one of them is this sort of merciful. And then that obviously as it goes places, I was like, oh, okay, so it's really this. But anyway, um, I think that there is a, a a very bitter side of that where he is kind of saying like, man, like this is sort of what creation is like. And, and you know, I do this and most of the time when I create shit, it doesn't work. Um, but I also think... I would be remiss to, to just sort of look at the end of this film and think that he's just saying that everything is cyclical and you just keep creating shit and it keeps being terrible. I think he's actually being a little bit optimistic in that, you know, you at the end still get another chance to do it again and maybe this time you do it right. Um, like I don't think he's necessarily stuck in this grind. Um, but 100%, I mean, that by the time Michelle Pfeiffer showed up, I was like oh, this is what you're doing. And it's, it's completely colored by the fact that this is the guy who made Noah and he likes make, he likes, he likes Genesis stories and he likes making them weird. Um, But like so many of the little, like so much of the imagery, so much of the, of the, the parts of this film are very deliberately based on that sort of structure, but. Um and and I I think that 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 reading is really relevant because some of what he's saying is a very damning criticism. I mean if you read it that way what he's saying is God is kind of an asshole for creating the earth and then ruining it with mankind. Like what a dickhole. Um and that's a really interesting fascinating thing to sort of think about and ruminate I, on and you know.
1: I, I I agree with you with with a little twist of like I don't think he's necessarily condemning God. He's condemning his followers. No. I I feel like he's I, both condemning both, his no. both is both is true
3: because because Javier Bardem is, well, he is disrespectful asshole,
1: like, to her and he
3: is a completely he's, entitled he's a egotist. He
0: doesn't even recognize her needs. Right. And it's I it, I think it's more if you're going to read into it and the the religious I think it's more of a yeah, it's it's what James just said. It's you know, it's, God is kind of a jerk, and if He's going to make these yeah. people in His image, and He's they're not perfect, it's
1: no. Okay, then that part I'm thinking more toward the end, because He does try to restart it again and try to do it again. I wonder if you can read it in the way of like, well, maybe He's just trying to get it right for yeah. all concerned. So yeah. it's it's not redeeming, but no, yeah, it's. You know, like it, it's so—it's well, such the, a hard film. To it is, sex.
0: and I think that's why it's so divisive amongst people, and why people don't like it is because, while you I appreciate
1: to think about things, well,
0: well, I appreciate it because you are stuck with Jennifer Lawrence's character. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on, and there's that part where all those people are just like, "Why aren't you listening to me? Leave!" And because yeah. you, you don't know either, right? And I think people can't. A lot of times in movies, people need stuff laid out for him Mm -hmm. this is what's happening this is what's happening but when you're with a character and you don't see what happens when he goes hiking with ed harris's character or um you know he writes this poem that you never read yeah and you say it's great and then people randomly show up and want to shower him with love and she is a vessel of you know like why do they want to see the baby like why what, what could they possibly want with my child right and he is uh, so arrogant that he's, he just waits for her to fall asleep. And he takes it anyways and says, this is what I made too. Mm-hmm. And people mistreat it and devour it. And it's, it's a Break really it, interesting. So eat it.
3: And yeah. It, it, yeah, I mean, I, I think part of what's great about that. I, I hadn't even th- thought about this yet until you said that, that, you know, she, we're, because we're always on her side. There's also this very hopeful side of this where, you know, if you do look at it in that, in that first level of interpretation, um, You know, some people are going to take this as being like this terrible statement about like, you know, we're destroying the earth and how awful everything is and all that. But, you know, if we're in the newest version of his of that creation, right, like I think what he's it should be more convicting to say, like, hey, this was this was our first job was to take care of this thing. And maybe we should be doing a better job and maybe we still have that chance, you know. You're right like the fact that we never get Javier Bardem's side of the story there could be beautiful moments and there could be so many great reasons for for all of these things that she just doesn't see from her perspective Mm -hmm. that are so much bigger than her and there could be this opportunity there that she just doesn't see that he's striving to figure out how to fix right. That he's trying to find a version of the world where Ed Harris is a good guy, and, and I have, feel and where like, he can redeem Ed Harris. I you know? feel
1: like if you were to go from that perspective, that would be an even harder film to write. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a difficult film. Like, I mean, I think mean, this is already difficult. Yeah, I I mean, imagine trying to do it from Javier right. Bardem's side. That would be like right. Brad, haven't heard from you.
2: You guys are talking so much. Sorry <laughs> about better interpretations than I. I like before James said anything. Uh, I just took the movie as a struggling artist who has like writer's block and his muse Jennifer Lawrence is no longer providing that inspiration anymore and so he's struggling with that um it's which makes me think like oh this is Aronofsky and then like I forgot until now that he was married to Rachel Wise mm-hmm. um <sighs> I don't know if he's, like, since remarried or anything. he's He's dating Jennifer Lawrence. (laughs) Um, There's a
3: lot of dark shit in how you interpret this movie.
2: (laughs) So, like, I I felt like this movie was, like, him trying to work through something of, like, you know, I did well with Black Swan, don't know what to do next, and my muse is gone. So what do I do? And as, like, a fellow artist, like, trying to create, like, I get that feeling.
0: Actually, that's how I interpreted it, too. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and so, um, and then also, like, like I don't think I'll ever be in this situation, but like my idea of someone who is an artist that has a rise and gets to a certain level of attention and fame and doesn't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, he neglects his wife and child and also like his other child is his art Mm -hmm. and having to share those two worlds, you know, to like sometimes the baby is the new art. And when it, like you said, it gets Mm -hmm. torn apart by the audience um, and the fans who just like crush over him
0: and
3: it's um, a different kind of art than that And I then, and then yeah.
0: I mean they blame her for it. It's yeah. it's not it's not the artist's fault. It's yeah, the fans turn on The fans turn on the
2: wife
1: or the wife or yeah.
0: whoever it is. Yeah. And you know that I mean, fucking that's a, film nerds that, no, no, no that's <laughs> yeah. a, that's a tough scene to watch and because yeah. I mean I I
1: Again, if you're pregnant. Yeah, don't I mean cuz <laughs> I don't know. The, yeah, I I heard that neck, neck crack and I fucking straight up cringed. Yeah. I wasn't scared I just cringed in our audience. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: It, it's a shocking moment. You know, even the point, I mean, she's getting beat up and, like, accosted. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's not fun. And, you know, I, I had someone tell me, "It's like, oh, you see... Jennifer Lawrence naked I'm like yeah it's not good no. it's, it's not like she's sitting there like <laughs> sitting on the edge of a bathtub and... that. I, may, I may have made that joke I no, I mean, like, I, Ryan's gonna like this one. no I mean I, I, I know I kid about you
3: know oh, no, like I, boobs I know. and stuff but
0: the stuff like that is
3: oh no it's terrible yeah it's one of the like it's so brutal yeah and um, it's one of those things where that by the end you want her to do what she does
0: exactly. You're like,
3: but burn this motherfucker down, <laughs> burn it to the ground, like fuck yeah. this. Because guy. whatever
0: he created isn't working, right? Because you are receiving the brunt of people not liking what you did. It's it can be interpreted so many ways, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't think your interpretation is wrong at all, Brad. Yeah, you know? I,
2: th- I think they can share the same space, like yeah. like that, that. idea is fascinating to me, and then pairing it with like James's interpretation is great. I just feel like in the execution of it, it's like this thing. Like I don't. Feel compelled to like watch more than that. No, I don't. Like, it, I yeah. don't think you need. Like, to, I'm going to take the idea home and live with uh, it forever.
3: Yes, and that's that's the thing is I, it's not like a fun movie you watch a bunch. It's <laughs> like a thing you see once and you go, huh? Because the reason that the two work is that the biblical interpretation works and that structure works because the artist is God, right? Like that. It's very simple. um and it adds a lot of layers to it. Like, you want something. The reason why Black Swan sucks is because there's one reading in that film and you know it 20 minutes in because you've ever been to a high school English class. Like, whereas this film, there are multiple layers to how you read it and there's all these little gems and all these these, these just dirty things that, that either make the interpretation rough or, or that don't give you a hero. Like, you don't have... She may not be right, you know? Like... It's just rough and and thinking about that is the fun part, right, like getting to expand your mind in you know these new ideas is what's cool, but it's not a movie you like that's why it's hard to recommend. It's like, yeah, you maybe see it once you know i
1: I, I really feel like you should go watch it because at the end of the day, make up your own mind, but i i I'm amazed that Paramount put this out.
3: <laughs> yeah, and the marketing I am is so fucking astounding. Oh, the marketing because like Awful. there's well, one where no, like her no her...
1: that that's not what I'm talking about. It's the fact that they even put it out and that they put it out in 2000 theaters. Yeah, it doesn't matter um, that it no. has Jennifer Lawrence in
2: it. No, that is strange too. I'm just saying like I was confused by the marketing because like, there's one poster with, like her head is like around the house. So I'm like going yeah, the rosemary like, baby one. Yeah, like oh this is a, a scenario inside Jennifer Lawrence's head that she's playing out. And then there's like another one where she's a porcelain doll with her heart ripped out. I'm just like, okay, she's losing something like, mm. or like, she's not a real like thing. It's probably because they didn't uh, know how to market either. Yeah. yeah. So like, just through a bunch of like random image shit out. There's... Those, those
3: ones at least work because the, the stuff around the outside, like all the other imagery in that poster is all naturey stuff. And she looks very, very pristine. And there's nature. a, yeah. there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a pairing that goes with it. That is Javier Bardem. Like sitting in a chair and he's surrounded by fire and his hand is out. Uh, oh, he's got he's got like a little globe in one hand and then his hand is reaching out. So if you put them next to each other, it's basically her handing her heart to him. And so then that at least sort of gives you a, a visual imagery of the movie, but, but it doesn't tell you what it, it is. It could not, be a romantic yeah, comedy. It's, like
1: it's not enough to tell Bob from across the street who doesn't really watch many movies. Right? Hey, yeah. Go watch Mother. Yeah, because you'll have a gay old time there. Um <laughs> puts, like
2: preconceived notions in my head when I'm like, I'm just waiting for things that aren't going to happen. I'm like, yeah. why hasn't it gotten to the horror part yet? Or like, you know, <laughs> see, what, when do we find scared? out she's a porcelain doll? You know, like. <laughs> I didn't
1: feel from the trailer we were getting a horror movie. I, I thought we were trailer. getting, I, I thought from the trailer we were getting like a weird homage to Rosemary's Baby, which which was tied in with the idea of the poster, but... Yeah. Obviously, it's not what happened, but there are shades of Rosemary's Baby in terms of the visual language. Oh, but the
3: one trailer that we saw before it before it was like, "You'll oh. never forget where you were when that, you that, saw that trailer." It
1: like, so like I reevaluated it. Yeah, it, I'm glad they did it that way because that was the only 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 way they were going to build up any form of hype. Because the first trailer yeah. doesn't do shit. Oh yeah, it's very bizarre. and that one obviously it sold Ryan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know.
3: Th- just because it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the trailer is interesting. And,
1: and, and I appreciate that they build up the controversy. Like yeah. it's from from a from an outside looking in on the production and the story and everything as a whole, along with the marketing and whatnot. This is like, this is like a big big ass gamble that obviously didn't pay off if we look at the box office receipts. But but like the it, fact that Paramount put it out. Like they, they I mean you got to just read the statement that Paramount's uh, chief distributor put out today about like this is us trying to compete with Netflix at this point. And I'm like, okay, cool. Keep doing it more often and maybe try some do- other stories too. Don't give me monster trucks too. I don't <laughs> want it. <laughs> and don't
2: like I didn't even know it was a movie until like 2 weeks ago. I know. Yeah. I think
1: it was supposed to be released in November. I see a lot of movies you think I know is coming. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Came out of
3: nowhere. It's very bizarre. Say your thing about, the reason I hit you before was because he was talking about the whole interpretation of of him and his wife, and there's the lady at the beginning who's in five. Oh,
1: so does anybody think that the lady at the beginning kind of looks like Rachel Wise? Yeah. 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 No, I think about it, yeah. But by the end, I was like, oh, maybe I, because it may be a good, really good double or something like or that. Be a young woman who just. At I thought it was
2: Jennifer Lawrence again. But at the beginning, like of the movie, I was like, you know, it's like some brunette chick.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, like, the don't mummy, mean, starting Brendan brunette. Fraser, <laughs> and some brunette chick. <laughs> uh,
0: next week on Real Nerds, we might have a guest. Cool. Um, we're seeing Kingsman: The Gold Circle. Mm-hmm. Should be fun. Yeah. This one should be easier to understand. I think. What, um, <laughs> what is
3: the name of that production studio? which one the marv. one marv marv okay god because it's it's a it's a colorblind image so yeah i can't, oh, yeah, I can't yeah, read it yeah. oh so. that must suck <laughs> yeah
0: us normals who can read color
1: yeah, yeah. colors rule man you <laughs> <I> can read <laughs> so, <color. bad. laughs>
2: so great to have like
3: uh,
1: working eyes yeah
2: dense optics get. Like, i don't
3: know <laughs> yep yep till next week <laughs> bye bye, bye.
0: Real Nerds Podcast is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. The Real Nerds would like to thank the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now open in Sloan's Lake. We also would like to thank Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, especially Andrew. Our music has been brought to you by Sparks Mandrel and Plan 9 Studios. And of course, thanks to James's mother, our most loyal listener. Have a nice day. Real Nerds Podcast is a partner of Denver Podcast Network in the shadow of the mountain. We speak.